say you don't know how to do something. This was the Google search I said. What's the minimum magnification to see human sperm? Um, yes, in episode 20 of Long Walk Short Drink, you referred to the Knights of Wren <laughs> as being potentially related to a Sith. However, Wren actually refers to the planet system, and you're just like, fuck off, and just like, this, it's like you're supposed to speculate, bastards. Your podcast is definitely shit and not Shinola. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's try it one more time. Because I left my phone, I left my phone downstairs charging, and I was like, "Well, let's." Uh, I didn't want to go down and get it. So <laughs> I was just being lazy. I was like, "Let's just wait thirty seconds and try again." I didn't even stop recording. <laughs> that was the first so, I saw it. So here we are. I'm actually putting yeah. my phone on silent. Take that off. It's a good look for you. I know, but it's too hot. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, what are we, why, how, okay, how is it, uh, you know, I, I have trouble sometimes, um, just people who deny their senses, it really bothers me. So it doesn't matter what angle of climate change you want to fall on. It, it, it is hard pressed to acknowledge like I, it's really hard to not acknowledge the fact that winters are nothing like they were when we were kids. Yeah, they barely exist in the in the heartland here. <laughs> yeah, like I, I and, and you live in Minnesota. Yeah, right. Like the first year I was here, we got shit ton of snow, and I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> and yeah, it hasn't happened since. And it, it exactly, and so and I moved to Southwest Ohio in like 2011, and that was a bad winter. Like that would even down here in Southwest Ohio, which normally we get like ice and uh, that's about it. Uh, not too much snow, like not a ton of, I mean, we grew up in Northeast Ohio and Rittman would just, if you looked at the normal maps for like the lake effect. Yeah. And then the Southern storms that would come up from Columbus. It's like, like those, you know, with the weathermen like averaged out how those would go. The lake effect would dip down and just touch Ritman, and then those southern storms would dip up and just touch Ritman. So we would all, I rem, like, we got hammered growing up. Like, I remember, I remember it was like in the, I forget, I think we talked about that with Shamrock that one year that we had like two weeks off. I felt like, like Christmas break got extended by a week. Do you remember that I, year? I, I somehow I don't remember that. I feel like I should because I would have loved it for the snow alone. You know? Yeah. It, it just, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, I don't know. It's just really hard. How do you deny your senses? Like, there's no way that you can say that the winters we were having a decade ago are different. And and that all is getting to the Long Walk Short Drink, which welcome to episode <laughs> 20 to Long Walk Short Drink. This is Palmer. This is Dave. Um, What I was getting to was just that it's April 18th. and I, I just feel like all the months have moved up one month, you know, like now it's March showers bring April flowers, but 
that's a trick too because eh, right at the end of March we're going to get a frost that's going to kill all those flowers so then we actually <laughs> like, don't yeah. get any flowers you know like uh, we have this beautiful magnolia well we don't we get to look at a beautiful magnolia tree most of the time on our back porch where we like to go back and eat cake <laughs> and because uh, we don't have a backyard and but our neighbors have this amazing magnolia tree that is typically just so beautiful and fragrant. There's actually a bunch of them throughout the neighborhood. There's a ton of magnolias and walnut trees like the neighborhood. Uh, there's a ton of walnut trees. Um, I'm going to sit my neighborhood. That's <laughs> uh, but, uh, and a ton of magnolia. So usually this time of the year, uh, you know, and around May, we're getting like this really fragrant, fragrant air you know and like i can already tell the magnolia is dead like all the blossoms died in that last fall oh frost. no and that's it just in last year for the season yeah oh yeah it only blooms like once every spring right and uh and it's concerning too because like you know that tr that tree depends on that to to pollinate and to help spread and like oh blah 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 now i'm starting like to sound like a tree hugger but uh <laughs> there's probably nothing wrong with that <laughs> no no i know it was funny. Um, so let's get off the climate change, I guess. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this. Let's talk about yeah, something yeah, else. Fuck it. Well, I was, uh, it was funny because uh, so I, I had a beer with Logan. That's why we we're recording a little bit later. And he said, I asked him, he said, use his name. He said, he's, I don't give a shit. Weapon X, name. bitch. Yes. Yeah. So, which I mean, honestly, like that is a pretty, if you're going to have a name, if you're just going to be like, just use my name, Logan's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, he's like, so, come find me. I yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, he's like, he's like, I know you're, you're pretty liberal, which may, just, I mean, when somebody says like, I like, it's just, it would be just like me talking to, you know, somebody and being like, I know you're, you're pretty, you know, you're pretty, pretty Republican. The the implication is that I'm not the, the tone know. and the voice definitely suggests a, an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, which I, again, that's just the beauty of the cabin kids, man, is like, we can have, we can have those deep seated like differences and still, man, the cabin stuff just always outweighs it. Yeah. So. That's that picture you sent of the two of you, uh, was very heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bastard has not aged at all. I haven't seen him in like seven years. <laughs> Yeah. And he looks exactly the same. He does. Uh, it's just like it's just like watching like with Twinkie, you know. Like know. he still look. <laughs> he looks like the Twinkie that left poker night. That I like. I can picture in my head like the last poker night that he was there. I can picture him going off and leaving. Really, he still looks exactly like that Twinkie. What what uh, day of the week was poker night? Um, I think those were typically. Because Friday night was cabin night, and Saturday I typically had to work. I think they were either no, they would have been Saturday nights. I think is it possible they were Tuesday nights or and maybe in the summer? Oh, or is that just out of nowhere? They, oh, that, that like could be days. too. I can't even remember. You know, like I and and part of me wants to like I'm trying to remember if like poker night stemmed up post cabin, like when we weren't going to the cabin anymore. Was that like a replacement so. for that? I don't think so. Only because um, the I know Palmer's picks grew out of it, 
And uh, it's... Um, that's where I think I'm getting the Tuesday thing from. I think it might yeah. be in the in the credits or something of of one of the Palmer's picks. Maybe the last one or something like oh, the Tuesday, Tuesday night, night poker, poker night. night. Yeah, Tuesday yeah. night poker night. Maybe that that's was a right. summer thing or but that uh, could have been. That's that's where I think I get it cuz I actually didn't go that often because I never really learned how to play poker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I have fond memories of it nonetheless, but uh, I have to see, I have to see if I can find the pictures that I have from there. Uh there's there's a really great picture of you where you're exhaling a cigar and like it <laughs> it looks like one of those do you know those like 1920 séance photos where it's supposed to be the ectoplasm like growing out of the people's faces I'm not sure that sounds fucked up though <laughs> Uh let me see if I can find one of those pictures and I'll drop it in the in the spreadsheet So this is the um Google search for those ectoplasm but I have a photo of you from Poker Night and it looks just like this Oh god that's terrifying you see that, how like the stuff of his it, it's just smoke. I mean, these are obviously staged uh long exposure photos. Which one are you looking at? It defaulted to this one terrifying one of a woman. Oh yeah, and it's like a triangle above her head. That's yeah. the one I was okay. Oh, that it, it sent you that URL cuz I had that expanded. Uh do you have the rest of the search results in there too? Yeah. Or okay. Um the, so all of these like things coming out of different orifices are supposed oh, to be yeah, and it's they're just really staged photos of you know, but the photo of you it looks like fucking ectoplasm. I'm is sorry. It, is it um is it something you have access to? Like, will we be able to share it with folks, or is it iffy? Oh yeah, I, I have the. I'm I'm pretty sure it's right in the next room in one oh, of my wow. photo albums. Oh, that's so, great. Um, I'll get it and either take a picture of it to tweet out or uh, scan it. If I man, scanners are one of those poor pieces of technology that just died out like just kind of fizzled right like nobody has scanners anymore yeah i had one and then it stopped working and just recently last year the year before i just got tired of not having a printer and not having a scanner and so the, I, I asked for the like a big gift for a uh, I think it was Christmas or something, and the bride got me like a professional grade like combo scanner printer, and I love oh, it. Oh, that's I love awesome! It so much the toner, I had to replace the toner for the first time. That yeah. was a that was a, some sticker shock, but it was it's worth it. I it's really yeah a nice yeah. thing to have. We have these beautiful printers at work that are just being like copy. They're copy. They're just copy machines, but they are beautiful. Man, they print some good stuff. Um, how about can we talk about December? And the plans that are kind of working in December a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean, I obviously I have no idea how things will work out, but we certainly <laughs> talk, talk, we can certainly dream, and maybe we can dream it right into reality. Yeah, I I totally think that it's 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 feasible. Um, I would think Minnesota would kind of be the midway point, right? That, oh yeah, if he's um, are we talking about it for the for listeners, or are we just talking about it? Yeah, okay. no, let's talk about um, it for listeners. So the game plan, like what yeah. we're what we're trying to do is, and we would love to hear your feedback on this to see if it would be if it would be worthwhile. Um, we are I came up with this harebrained idea that I want to see episode eight with the first time I see it, I want to see it with Dave. And then we I thought when I saw the um Palmer's picks before and after from episode one and that Twinkie was a part of that. And uh, man, if we can get Jacko too, that would be spectacular. Oh, yeah. Get him <laughs> um, come, well, you know, around the Christmas holiday, sometimes he is. And uh, 
in the states. Yeah, but that would be even more if of an we Ohio could get thing. him to just like see it and then like be a part of the like reaction show. I think would be awesome. oh yeah, so what, that'd be very fun. What I'm what I'm kind of envisioning is that we get together and see episode eight, um, the Last Jedi. Which if you have not seen the trailer, we will. Ooh, we'll tweet that out because, man, <laughs> you must be living under a rock. Um, <laughs> that trailer is fantastic. Uh, I saw but, it twice in a row because remember Twinkie sent us that thing in the text thread about uh, going to the, they were streaming certain panels live on the StarWars.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working from home that day and another, tw- oh, he sent the poster, which is so badass. Uh, yeah. But in the text thread on my like iChat, it was up on my computer. So I was like, oh, yeah. He, he. So I, I went over and I hit the link and it went right to StarWars.com. And it was serendipitous timing, I guess, because the trailer started playing immediately. And I oh I gosh. thought I thought that was just what happens if you go to StarWars.com. Yeah. But then all, after the trailer ended and I collected myself, like an audience started clapping and somebody came on and um, I guess a panel was just finishing. And, oh, uh, that is <laughs> yeah. That is the definition of serendipitous. That really is fun. awesome. And then they're like, "I just want to see this." The guy, I don't remember what they said. They're like, we'll be back with such and such, but I just want to watch this trailer with you guys once more in this big room. And then they played it again, so I saw it again. I was like, "Oh my goodness, it was uh, it's pretty dang uh, exciting." Yeah. It, so the game plan is, I'm bringing up the the trailer. We should probably watch. Yeah, it on the show, for, huh? it could be self contained. I, I certainly wouldn't yeah. mind seeing it again. Um, so, uh, I am, I would love if we were able to get together, me and you and Twinkie Jackson, if possible, go and see the last Jedi together. And then afterwards record a reaction to it. Um, if, I don't know, can, um, can SoundCloud stream live? Like, um, not that I know of, um, but you know, well, we not, could do YouTube live. Oh, we could totally yeah. do YouTube live and we could do a live broadcast of that recording on YouTube. We should start doing that anyways. What are we thinking about? Yeah, I know we that start you can practicing that. Yeah, you can do. I, I looked it up one time. It's like you can do because because it used to be you could record Google Hangouts more simply, but now you need something. Oh my. It can still be done. Yeah. Oh man, we should look into that. That's a good. That's a that's a good idea. Yeah, and um, because that would really help. It might help drive traffic to the YouTube channel too. Yeah, and I um, I just like to see them later on. It'd be fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's why I take the um, screen grabs. <coughs> so um, I would love uh for us to record a reaction then after that, and uh, I don't know, maybe opening it up to other people. To I, I mean, of course, the more the merrier. That's always been my motto. So. Uh, but I, I just love the idea of the three of us definitely getting together since we were a part of that original one. Yeah, that would be just, really cool. Well, and, uh, it just means so Krams much was to um, the first one. Too. Not, oh, Krams know how was could, on the first one. Yeah, oh, but yeah. he's got a good, you know, he's got a recording set up um, that he could chime in on that kind of thing. Yeah, but he's um, the closest one to you, though. That's true. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what, when, this comes when does out, it actually open? Um, well, let's watch the trailer and then we'll talk oh, yes. about some more okay. logistics. Let's, let's do that. Let's crack for so. this trailer. Um, you, got, you got your bag of beers. I actually, I got Ash was like, "There's a there's a six pack right next to the refrigerator. Why don't you use that?" So, <laughs> so I, your bag it of beers. Of, it, it is full of random beers, though. It's it's like it's a box of random beers. Yeah, of a bag of. Is that one of those Ryan Geists that you had last time? 
Uh, no. So, Rheingeist? I made that up, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rheingeist is a name. <laughs> is it, I, is I wish I Oh, okay. Um, so, oh. this is a Columbus... It's a Christmas one. That's oh. A, this, this shows you how little I actually drink. <laughs> like, I only drink on this show. Like, I swear. <laughs> Um, so this is a (laughs) Citronoa. Um, and then this is a sidecar. This is Sierra Nevada. Oh, that's a cool. I wanted something. So, uh, have you, did you try any of the grapefruit shandies that came out last summer? Did those guys, did Um, those like hit like the lining Minnesota, like a wave? Yeah. There was like lining Kugel grapefruit shandy. And then. A big one that came out later on in the summer was Traveler Grapefruit Shandy, which I love a million times more than Line and Kugel's hmm. Grapefruit Shandy. No, I didn't have them, but the bride um, likes likes those kind of things quite a, a lot, like the Line and Kugel's in general. Um, yeah. They had a watermelon one she was crazy about. Oh, yeah. We brought that to your house last summer. I forgot Oh, you, you're the one that introduced her to it. Yeah, she loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she... It's my girl. Don't so, touch her again. <laughs> listen, I, I, I can't turn it off. I, you wouldn't turn it off if you had it either. No, you know that. No, I wouldn't. Everyone yeah. would be in trouble. Yeah. So <laughs> I that's listen, this is why I weigh 460 pounds. If I didn't weigh 460 pounds, my dick would have dropped off a decade ago. <laughs> like That, I'm sorry. There's that is just the honest to God's truth. I just I know mean, that that's gonna be in the first few seconds, and that's like, <laughs> who's not gonna listen to that show? We gotta make it a good one now. <laughs> yeah, it's functional. The weight is functional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, seriously, if I could, because listen, no, I don't want to get too much into it because my well, one, my wife is downstairs. <laughs> Fucking wife, man. She ain't gonna have no sense of humor about the shit. <laughs> um. So. Uh, but yeah, no, see, I, I have told her that though. I was like, listen, it was a good thing that I weighed as much as I did through my twenties. Cause I would have cleaned up. Have kids um, left and right. But traveler came out with, uh, a pineapple shandy that I had. Ooh. And that is absolutely fantastic. So that's what I wanted, but I couldn't find it in bottles. I only have had that on draft so far. Oh, sorry. We did the one, right. didn't do the relatively- one. Two, Quick, it's uh, yeah. We, it was it was more approximate. Here we can um, grab another one so you can make a noise. <laughs> well, cheers. So you make a noise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to make cheers. Yeah. Well, cheers. Okay. Uh, cheers. <laughs> yeah. I could use my I can use oh, my wow. Han Solo oh, frozen and carbonated bottle opener. Hold on, let me make sure to get that. That is so fucking badass. I am such a goddamn nerd. Jesus. Oh, Sorry, I'm having trouble with it. There we go. Why? It's fighting me. Sorry. Shit. This was another one of those presents that I've always oh, wanted go. and never would have bought for myself. And it was a present. So actually, do you know who gave me this? Um, no. Captain America and his family. Really? Gave me this. Oh, yep. that's fantastic. Yep. There we go. Now I'm getting things. Got it. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, look, look what I got going on here. I don't know if I can turn this without messing everything up. Ooh, look at that beautiful sun. It's, it's so no, it's, much brighter it's actually there. super cloudy here, but yeah. can you see that? It's probably not. Those are, that's a oh Star Wars Oh my gosh, thing. that is a Star Wars lamp yeah. shade. Yes. And if you hit this button. <gasps> the, oh, oh my gosh. Up as, the, as a red, blue and red or red, blue 
and green lightsabers are the sort oh of my middle. Oh, <laughs> I got <you've> tired. Got, <laughs> you got to take a good screenshot or a good picture of that and, I'll have to, and yeah. tweet that out because I couldn't. The if I took a screenshot, you wouldn't see any of the. Yeah, it's tough to capture is. like that. Oh, this. Oh, that works. There we go. So let's watch this trailer, huh? Okay. Now that I let's got this, this trailer. full screen, <laughs> let's do this trailer and then we'll come back to our plans. Yes. All right. If then I can we'll move exit on. full screen, there we go. Okay. And then pause. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I'm on one second. All right. Let me move it to one. There we go. I'm on one second as well. And we'll go on three, two, one, go. It almost feels blasphemous to like talk over it, right? No, it's nice though, I guess, for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we're supposed to, we should be talking over it, especially since even this audio is probably. Yeah, I think it's not hard for us to use. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's in the background, it's a little, it's it's less likely. But it's so beautiful and. Reach out. Just to know that's Luke Skywalker. I mean, you yeah. really haven't seen much Luke. What do you see? And the little bit I we watched, did was so great. <laughs> I watched a 23-minute breakdown of this two-minute trailer. I think I'm looking at that. Uh, no, the one suggested video is like nine minutes. Whoa. balance. <sighs> that symbol, like that new symbol. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, this Black X-Wing blows up. Who the hell's flying the Millennium Falcon? Oh, I didn't saw that. Do you see his lightsaber, how the flames were coming off of it? It's still yeah. And you know he never wanted to be whiny ass, so he must be so happy to be playing yeah. the character at this stage in the game. I'm sure oh, he always yeah. was, no, obviously. It, but. It's awesome, but it's like, man, whiny ass Luke is going to end the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, um, what do you... Wow. What do you think he means? <laughs> I think that... I think that he can't handle his failure in Kylo Ren and that's what he means that there's never going to be a balance in the force. So maybe the balance is the Jedi just stop being. And then I don't know. I don't know. There's so, I mean, there's so fucking much. And if they follow the, if they follow this, the, this second one, there's going to be a major reveal, right? Like if they follow that, the formula, the middle one is where it has a bit, the big twist. Oh the yeah. End. Where we got the chewy we're home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was, that got me. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Part of me wonders, uh, 
if watching it this time and I've been so wondering what he's, what he means, you know, and, uh, you know, it's been revealed online or discerned that, you know, with the foreign language that it's, it's decidedly plural Jedi could be singular or plural. Right. So is this the last Jedi meaning like the last one or the last like of the Jedi or right. Um, so, but I was just thinking just then watching it, maybe, uh, Maybe what we're hearing is not necessarily like the plans of what to do next, but just Luke filling in the history of what happened and yeah. where he, why he went away, right, and and sort of dismantled the the Jedi school that he was leading, right, or you know it was yeah. oh, it was because of Kylo Ren, best we yeah. know, and in the Knights in the Knights of Ren, yeah, those are oh right. What's that again? I remember that that phrase, but. Uh, uh, the Knights of Ren. So if you in that one flashback where you see that stuff and see that scene. Oh, yeah. With uh, with the uh, people coming uh, off the ship in the kind of lava like yeah. environment. And, and Kylo Ren is not by himself. Um, right. Right. There's like four or five other people who look like him. Like they're, they're kind yeah. of dressed like him. They kind of have lightsabers, like he kind of has a lightsaber, if I remember that right. Right. Oh, you could picture um, him like the Cobra Kai of the Jedi school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bad um, kids. So those were the Knights of Ren, which I believe Ren it was an old, I don't know. I don't even want to start to get to it because there I know there are super nerds that it, if this is their first time listening to this, like if. I'm if like out immediately. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. I don't know what uh, I'm so, talking about. So the Knights of <laughs> a fun voice to do. Uh, yes, in episode 20 of Long Walk Short Drink, you referred to the Knights of Ren as being potentially related to a Sith. However, Ren actually refers to the planet system and you're just like, fuck off! And just like, this, it's like you're supposed to speculate, bastards. I love these voices. We need to remember these voices. They need to have a segment of their own. Yeah. But um, the the Knights of Ren were who Kylo Ren got to like center around him. I think they might actually even be other Jedi that Luke was training, like other people. And Kylo Ren actually, uh, there was dissension in the ranks of Luke's Jedi school and turned other students yeah. of Luke's. And he used them to defeat all the all the other Jedi that Luke had gathered, and then Kylo Ren systematically killed them off in the time between him killing off Luke's Jedi, and when we meet him finally in Episode Seven. Yeah, I I think that's what happened. And he aligns himself with the. They're not called the Empire at, at that point, are they? They're called something else. The. Oh um, yeah, well, shit. Why don't I know that either? They don't even know the, what the Empire it, their name is. Yeah, because it's, it, it's the, the new Federation. order. It's the new order. Oh, <laughs> isn't it the new order? Yeah, so I said the Federation, which is Star Trek. Yeah, uh, we're not allowed to have a Star Wars segment. The internet won't allow it. Yeah. <laughs> and you call yourselves fan? One one Han Solo bottle opener is nowhere near enough to call yourself a Star Wars fan. I like it. We could be uh, outliers, <laughs> the ones who yeah. never get it right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, so that is called they are called the people are screaming at their phones and yeah they're like what the fuck you said you liked this movie 
You didn't like it. You didn't like it at all. You're not a fan. Fuck you. <laughs> is this what your inner monologue is like when you're trying to like suss out how people will react to something? Because it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty negative, but it's hilarious. The first order. That's what it the is. First the first order. order. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, yes, uh, actually, uh, you referred to them as the new order originally in episode 20 of Long Walk Short Drink. One However, it's the first, the, the first one guy said the Federation, and that is from Star Trek, which has got to show that I'm listening to the show in error. <laughs> yeah, you gotta breathe heavily. Um, <laughs> those are all going to get taken out by the gate. Maybe. Don't take those out by the yeah. gate, Moto. Let those in. Oh man, the uh, so, so but similarly, like with, with that scene where we're watching them come off the off the ship, the Knights of Ren, and you see that what we saw earlier of or in, in the Force Awakens in that kind of dream scene of Luke and R two. We think it's Luke and R two anyway. I mean, so that could all just be him filling in the gap of like, here's where I've been, and and then he yeah. Uh, then he trains. So it could still be like the now he's I mean, I know he says in the trailer, the Jedi have to end. But um, the, I just think that that could be taken out of context in the order of events and that he'll train Ray to um, to defeat Kylo Ren. And, you know, hopefully the uh, you I, know, the, the good side of the force will prevail. <laughs> I think that so that it's the is middle, it's the middle movie. I don't know. Fuck. Somebody's going to lose a hand and shit's going to be sad. <laughs> Yeah, and there's going to be a twist somewhere in there. I think the twist is going to be we're going to find out who uh, um, Ray's parents are, oh, whoever yeah. that happens to be. Um, I also think that I think that scene, that shot of him and how the Jedi need to end, that's the that reminds me the way he's looking over his shoulder and his back is to Ray and. It's in a cave. It is very and and this breakdown. Now the breakdown that I watched is it going to say apocalypse now? No. Oh, it it does make this illusion. But I thought of this already before I watched that breakdown. It reminds me a lot of when Luke first meets Yoda. Oh, and 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 you know how like Yoda's acting all just fucking like. Oh, yes. Oh, I'll take him to you. I will. I know who Yoda is. And he's like, oh, but eat first. We must. And he's like, stealing. He's like, oh, what is this? Can I have it? And he's like stealing his shit. Oh, and like, aren't you trying to like get it back? You're making a mess. Yeah. Like all that. And <laughs> like, that. Hmm, in a hurry you are. Blah. And uh, I'm not looking like, for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi master. <laughs> he is so impatient. Like that, and then that's Love how it goes. Patience. Like his, yeah, <laughs> like his back is to him, and like he's kind of looking over his shoulder, and like, yeah, he's too old. Like that, and just like, <laughs> yeah. I really, oh man, that makes me want to watch that right now. Yeah, I love that scene so. Everything he does, where he's like playing that, but bumbling idiot, and then, yeah, and then suddenly in that one, like everything he does is, is hilarious. <laughs> but then when he switches gears, and he suddenly becomes the like that noble look comes on him. He's, uh, yeah and he's like so listen boy one day when you are older <laughs> you could get hit by a boulder <laughs> oh my god we should, 
That's good. That's good. Just like that. Run, run, trying to run. I can be your backpack while you run. Swing from that hairy vine. I can be your backpack while you climb. Stand on your hands and lift. Rocks with your special gift. Oh, put me down. So, um, I still haven't watched the Force Awakens lip reading yet. Oh, I've been, we I don't do know that why. Then too. Yeah, I would like that. I I don't know why. Right. I just haven't wanted to watch it alone. But you were so you were um, saying. Uh, it, but it's that calls scene, to mind. So here's Yoda. What, here's how I picture that scene. Is she obviously knows it's Luke, so he can't do the kooky like, mm, what is this going on? What have you here? <laughs> First we eat, and then I take it to him. You know, he doesn't get to do any of that because she knows it's Luke. R2 obviously gave it away, right? Uh, so it's her. I, I believe that that is the culminating climax to her trying to convince him that he needs to come back or that he needs to train her how to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. But I think it's that she's going to try to convince him that he needs to come back because at the end, she doesn't want that fucking lightsaber. She's trying to give it to him, right? Yeah. Um. I don't think she's still, even at the moment up to the end of episode seven, I don't think she her intention is still to become a Jedi. She Her goal is to go find Luke because Obi-Wan or Han Solo just died and they need him oh. because shit's getting real. Yeah. And so I don't think it's her intention to become a Jedi at all. And so that's her trying to convince him that he needs to come back. And you're right. I maybe th- that is where he rehashes what exactly happened and why he's on this island. But that the Jedi just need to end is him saying, no, that's why I can't come back because this just needs this is the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. And then he walks out of that cave and then ultimately she still convinces him. like, you know, the then I think a lot of that movie, there's been talk since they were, you know, they've been shooting it and. I think some of it is a red herring that Disney is putting Mark Hamill up to, or, or I mean, not like they have to put him up to it. He loves that kind of shit. He loves like interacting with fans and all that stuff. Um, and I don't think that I, I, I mean, I would not be surprised if Luke is not her father, just as like, I wouldn't be surprised if he is her father, you know? Yeah. Do you, which one do you think? Do you have leanings? I want to think. I want to say it makes sense that she's his daughter, but I honestly feel like it's going to come out that she is Leia and Han's daughter, and that Kylo Ren is her brother, and they are the new Luke and Leia, essentially. Yeah, except for they're not on the same side. Yes, yes, Um, and. There's a lot of, I mean, of course, there's a lot of stuff going on in episode seven that supports that. But I think the um, the biggest one for me is, one, it just feels right. And two, it would make sense that once Ben turned to Kylo Ren, they would have tried to get rid of Rey, like hide Rey from him. Right? Oh yeah, and put her on a desert planet. Yeah. Because he would have known that he had a sister and he would have known that she was force sensitive, right? Um, force sensitive. It, I hadn't heard that. It sounds yeah. kind of hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I Slow used down. to tell. <laughs> ah, sorry. I'm force sensitive. <laughs> Shouldn't have fucked me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
force sensitive. Um, so oh, I like that. I theory, think that's yeah. what it's going to come like. I, I like so that wouldn't surprise me at all. I have read in like I've read articles and watched videos that really make a strong case that she is uh, Palpatine's daughter. Oh yeah, you had mentioned that once. Yeah, and the only thing that's the only thing that I really that really convinces me of that is she charges with a lightsaber just like Palpatine does in episode three. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's um, one of our early episodes. That was the first and only time I've heard that theory. Not, yeah. but while well, I haven't looked looked elsewhere, right? But you were the only one to tell me about it. So, um, and all of those sound viable to me. You know, um. But uh, yeah. at the same time, there's a theory that's a, there's theories that support every one of those, plus a million other choices, just like there's a million theories out there for who Snoke is. Um, oh, right. You know, and oh. I well, and we're not going to really get to see him, I don't think, until episode nine, I, just like the, the emperor, like we saw yeah. little bits of the emperor, but we really didn't get to meet him until episode six, you know? Right, right. Um, I had even been, in one, two, and three, it was the same thing. Like you saw the emperor in those like holograms. Of course, you saw uh, Senator Palpatine as a huge, like not as the emperor throughout all those. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, I got to close my window. Oh yeah. there's people like, like drag racing that? up and down the alley. <laughs> like, oh, that's badass. They're probably already. <laughs> it is until they do it like for seven hours. We'll see if. They... Oh Jesus. Um. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Palmer lives on Fury Road. <laughs> I do live on Fury Road. I, my whole life is a Mad Max movie, I feel like sometimes. I know that meme you made was, was magnificent. <laughs> oh, man. L- uh, Logan said, he's like, I didn't know you made that. He's like, but that's 100% accurate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta make more. You got a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I had so, been leaning towards, I'd always been leaning towards that it, it was Luke's daughter, but the one part of, of that that I get hung up on if I really think about it is like, do we know of Jedi with families? You know, it seems like they're monks, right? Yeah. Kind of. Right. And the one that wasn't, Anakin, obviously we see how that complication, yep. as such as it is, like really um, made it hard for him to stay on the straight and narrow, as it were. I just hope. Well, I mean, in the question, the the question then, and you're right. You know, Jedi don't have families, and I wonder if Luke tried to change that. Right, and that's part of what went wrong. And that's part of like what went wrong. Um, I wonder. It would also make him like his dad. You know, fool yeah. for love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it also uh, the implication is that if she is Luke's daughter, at some point we will need to find out who her mother is and what happened to her. Did she die when like the Knights of Ren attacked the new oh, Jedi temple? Oh yeah. Is Ooh, she, did yeah. she turn? Is she one of the Knights of Ren that turned with Kylo Ren and Luke hid Ray from her own mother on this like abandoned planet mm. to just get her out of the way because she, he didn't even want her mother to find her. Um, if Ray is Han and Leia's daughter, it would make sense that Han put, I mean, Han obviously had connections with some of the like 
CD underground. He knew all those people that she referred to. And, that, like and, how, yeah, and the Millennium Falcon was on her planet, right? Or and no? the Millennium Falcon yeah. was on her planet. Yeah, that's yeah. another that's a um, dead giveaway. So, <laughs> dead giveaway there. So, um, or red it, herring, yeah. It uh, or red herring, you know, like so. There's all of that stuff. Um, I think Poe will be the guy flying the Falcon. That's my prediction. You think it's Poe? They've they've gone on record to say that we're not going to see Lando in this. So, oh, at all ever? Uh, well, I'm. I we will have a Lando character in the Han Solo origin yeah, story. But Billy D. But Billy D. We <laughs> need on, Billy D. Yeah. Like, uh. Oh man. But that was the only other. I mean, in all Billy, of the times that Billy we've Glee, seen Billy D. Glee. Remember, you sent me that that GIF of him where. He, Right when they blow it up the second time, where he's the one involved and he's doing oh, that, like, yeah. that face. That's that is pure joy. We need yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's been the only other one we've seen piloting the Falcon. Uh, I thought um, you know who who drove it in the Force Awakens? Somebody did, right? It was uh was it Ray? It was Ray and Finn. That's right. Blew yeah. it. Um I, I'm saying of the people that we know who could be flying it. He's the only other one that we haven't seen in this new series, right? Because yeah. we've seen Han fly it. We've seen Chewie fly it. We've seen Ray and Finn. They kind of flew it, it, you know, in episode seven. But the only other person who would know all of her secrets and all of those fun things would be Billy D. That'd you know? be so like, amazing for... Yeah. Oh, why not? Come on. Yeah. I mean, because Billy D is like, he originally owned her, yeah. you know? like. Oh, how you doing, Chewbacca? Oh, (laughs) and who is this? (laughs) My name is Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. And who might you be? I love that. Like he turns it on. Like he's talking all smooth, like to Han and stuff. And then it's like he turns towards Leia, and there's this like different guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Uh, Have you seen the the robot chicken sketch? Uh, so robot chicken did, and I'm sure they've done more since, uh, but they had an original, they had a trilogy of robot chicken star Wars episodes. Um, so, uh, did I share with, I think that's on our YouTube channel. One of them, the, the one about, uh, like go for Papa Palpatine where it's like, <laughs> yes. it, it's the call that he gets from Darth Vader after the, the death star got blown up, <laughs> which the premise of that is just so brilliant. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> you got an ATM on that light bright torso of yours? Like, look, look, just had a long day. You know, Death Star blown up by a bunch of fucking teenagers. Uh, so go to our uh, a, um, our YouTube page for videos mentioned on the show. You can find that and any other uh, stuff like that. Videos there, we mentioned. There is a robot chicken sketch with Billy D. Williams where he. Uh, he that was not part of our bargain and like oh, yeah. and like vader says like i have altered the bargain please <laughs> yeah. pray i do not alter it anymore yeah. and so every time they would go through that cycle vader would come back with another ludicrous request like <laughs> and you have to roll wear these roller skates that wasn't part of the original bargain i've altered the bargain pray i don't alter it anymore <laughs> and like he it, it just it's just this big cycle like over like like uh let me see if I can find it. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> the deal's getting worse. The name of the sketch is The Deal's Getting Worse All the Time. <laughs> this deal's getting worse all the time. 
So this was, it's only a minute long. So this is really quick. And I promise, I promise, ladies and gentlemen, this will be the last video that we'll watch. Uh, like, that. well, oh, wait, yeah. what was the other one we wanted? To watch? Um, the lip syncing one, but that that probably doesn't work very well for a podcast because it's all about yeah. We'll like, do what, that at the end. Looks. We'll watch it together at the end, like when we're done recording. Okay. Yeah. All right. So all I right. got it here uh, uh, queued up. Let's go. Three, two, one. Play. Wookie must never again leave this city. That was never a condition of our arrangement, nor was giving Han to this bounty hunter. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal's getting worse all the time. Furthermore, I wish you to wear this dress and bonnet. <laughs> this was never a condition of our arrangement. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't <laughs> alter it any further. This deal's getting worse all the time. Here is a unicycle. You will ride it wherever you go. What? I'm not riding the Look at the stormtroopers in the background in Boba Fett. Pray I don't <laughs> They're like laughing at him. This deal is getting worse all the time. Also, you are to wear these clown <laughs> shoes and refer to yourself as Mary. Oh, you, man. I'm not doing it. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal is very fair, and I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> That's magic, and that is Ooh. him, right? That's Billy D. Yeah, Williams. that's really Billy D. Yeah, he could tell. Williams doing that. That's great. Uh, so good. I'm gonna have to watch those at some point. I've only seen the clips you've shown me, and uh, but I, I've seen Robot Chicken over the years, or uh, or years ago, and I always thought it was really great. Yeah, the first one is just a. It's like a normal one of their episodes where it's just like sketch after sketch after sketch. Um, but the other two have a few themes, like they follow certain. The third one follows Palpatine like the whole it's got sketches that revolve around other characters but the recurring theme throughout the thing is just Palpatine's like rise and fall um as the emperor and uh <laughs> from like another is, point of view that yeah is not the one we see yeah. in the movie <laughs> that's from crazy. his point of view because he's just like and but the uh, you know that Seth MacFarlane plays the emperor and uh it's the same, like, so that voice, that, like, kind of shtick that he does with the, in the first episode where, um, about the Death Star getting blown up and his reaction to that, that's the same shtick that he does as the Emperor in the <laughs> other two episodes. So it's nice. like, so that third one where it's just kind of following him, oh my gosh, is it's, because it, it, the, the episode starts with him falling in the Death Star, like, right after he gets thrown over the railing. <laughs> And, and uh, yeah, and, and so he's falling, and like as he's falling, he like stops screaming, and he's like, "Man, how exactly did I get here?" And like, and like at the same moment, like uh, the the who like Baba, I think it's Baba O'Reilly is playing like the Who song, and it's like, ding, ding, ding. I can't is even. Is that the do Teenage it, Wasteland one? Yeah, oh, Teenage Wasteland. Yeah, yeah, that's and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so like that, like you know that like. Um, yeah at the beginning like that's playing in the background so it's this this like it's this like nostalgic flashback where he's like how exactly did i get here and then the whole episode takes place like while he's falling in the death star like it keeps cutting back to him falling yeah it's awesome oh man so and then in the second one they follow um uh who's this who's that guy's what's that guy's name what they follow one of the stormtroopers and just how he goes around and and his life as a stormtrooper which is really good uh they do a sketch with the two guys in uh 
the cantina in episode four, uh, where the, the guy that gets his arm cut off, who doesn't speak English at all, is actually an architect. And the guy that's like, we're wanted on three systems. Like that guy is a coworker of his who asked him if he wants to go out for beers at lunchtime. <laughs> and so like while they're at the cantina, no. he just plays this character. He's just being a douchebag and plays this character. He's like, we're wanted on three systems. Oh. And the the guy behind, like the guy who gets his arm cut off that can't speak English is like, that's not what I said. I said, I liked his haircut. And, <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's so good. Are those all on so, YouTube? Uh, maybe. Maybe just maybe. clips of them. Clips, definitely. Um, or you could probably go to adultswim.com. I think you might be able to see the whole episodes on there, actually. Even. Oh, fun. Uh, so, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, we, so the, in, in, in a perfect world, we'll find a place where at least uh, some of us can be together to, uh, to, to see it yeah. together and then talk about it after. Uh, it, that... In, you know, I've already started looking at flights, so um, I, I really think Minnesota, if we if we did Minnesota, so, man, long this was a long, long, short drink. What We still don't know what day um, that it comes out, right? Oh, yeah. That, that'd be a deciding factor, that whole thing, because the bride and I always do go back to Ohio because both of our families live within about a 20-minute right. uh, radius. You know, I'm sure we'll be able to make this happen some somewhere or other. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, but if we could do it, that would be spectacular. So and we have plenty of time between. I mean, it's April. We have eight months to figure out the logistics <laughs> yeah. of this. I, like we're fucking adults. We can do whatever <laughs> the fuck right, we want. Exactly. So um, we can. I, I, I'm I'm fairly confident that in the next eight months between me, you and Twinkie, we can figure out a way to get together to watch Star Wars and record an episode after it. Hell so, yeah. Did you watch um, those old uh, Palmer's Picks episodes we posted on the YouTube? Do or? you know what? I was about... So here's what happened. I sent out... I, I started the second one, right? The reaction video. Mm-hmm. And I instantly could not... Look, I couldn't finish it because I cannot believe how different my voice sounds. Like, you know, I was through puberty. I was 18, <laughs> yeah. 19. <laughs> And I sound like a goddamn kid. Like I mean, like a. Be- I mean, I was a kid. Uh, but I sent the. What's funny is, is I sent that out to. Uh, my, like I have a group thread that all of my ex colleagues are on that we still like we chat back and forth, and so, um, I sent a link to that out, and my one buddy he, he summed it up perfectly. He's like, this whole episode was you guys trying to convince yourself that it was good. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, I think that was pretty, that, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone, uh, any of the star Wars nerds that are still with us that didn't tune out when we made fun of them, <laughs> our voices, etc. cetera. Uh, um, we did. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was highly offended and long walk, short drink episode 20 at, Four minutes, 52 seconds. <laughs> I have Google Alert set up even for podcasts that mention Star Wars things, even if it comes in like at a specific time. So I tuned out before, but the moment I saw that there is another Google Alert for a later mention of Star Wars, I am back and I am equally offended and you can fuck right off. So for... Because, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> for those people. And, and then the rest else. of the episode would have been that. I'm glad that you cut me off. <laughs> oh, no. We're we would have just been bawling back episode. and forth of nerd noises. <laughs> I think the Star Wars corner needs to be in those voices. So for anyone who's kind of only half um, catching on to what we're uh, mentioning in 1999, Palmer had a cable access TV show where he reviewed movies. Mostly, we had a public access. Yeah, show. I was behind the uh, scenes most most often, but on these two episodes, because so normally we'd uh, talk about um, library titles, and uh, and um, but this time with the Star Wars coming out episode one at the time, we did this these two shows. The one was in May, and the other was actually not until July, which we had this big break. I think it's because you got that new job. At the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the Iron, the iron Factory. factory. <laughs> yeah, the Iron Factory. Yeah, I um, love that job. Yeah, see episode one for of our, our episode one for yeah. that. Um, but anyway, so we did this uh, episode in anticipation of that coming out, where uh, Palmer and me. Um, and two other cabin kids uh, to talk about our affection for Star Wars and with look forward to the movie coming out. Oh, you had seen it, but we had not. I think you must have gone to a midnight uh, oh, screening, yeah. right? With Twinkie. Twinkie went to that too, yeah. yeah. But Twinkie was not there for that one. Uh, however, then uh, we did a follow-up episode after we'd all seen it. Um, one of the same cabin kids, Jacko, was there, and then Twinkie was uh, in, in the chair. So that was the... the so we, we posted them to YouTube last... Um, well, whenever you're listening to this, but uh, we posted in there and uh, it's called the preview and the review of episode one. And uh, that's, what, that's what we're talking about. Um, I listened to them both. Actually, I did listen to the review first um, just because, I don't know, it was, the, it was in front of me and I was able to, but uh, yeah, it was interesting that I, um, I felt the same way then as I kind of do now <laughs> about it. Uh, but I did say at one point... Um, I wrote it. I typed this out because it struck me. I said, I would just rather love it without effort, I guess. <laughs> that is, you know what? I think that's a great, man, that is poignant. Yeah. You're a motherfucking genius, I man. Was just exa- I was just sort of, because you did seem to like it at the time and we're sad that some of us didn't like it as much. I could tell you were so deflated. If you watch yeah. it, you're like, Oh, come on. I, come I definitely on, guys. grew. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you wanted Twinkie to too. like it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah. wanted, you wanted to. And like, it was one of those things that once the sticker shock wears off and the sticker shock for that wore off really quick, you know, um, I grew, I definitely grew to hate the prequels. I think is the best way to say it. Like, just the more you watch them and the more you see what he did to the original trilogy, like it's almost like it became a race after the prequels came out to see how fast can we update the original trilogy. And then after every decision that he would make as the prequels were being released, because there's three years in between each one. And then in between those, those being released, He's releasing new editions of the pre of the original trilogy every time, yeah. Time to like fit the continuity that he just made in the prequels, and it's like, dude, if you're going to do prequels, you have to fit the continuity you've already established. That's just that's just <laughs> the way you, you don't get to renege on that stuff, yeah. You know, and well, I, I'm gonna I do what I want. I, I'm yeah, the owner of this empire. <laughs> 
It's so, so sad. I do recommend listening just because, uh, or you can watch it or listen. I mean, the one, oh, uh, Moto, you can uh, beep this. You would. I'm sorry, but I want to say so Palmer knows. I, I, it's directed by the, the second one. She cut the cameras. Oh, that's Isn't right. That I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. remember that. Um, yeah. Because I was watching it and I was like, well, somebody, there was people on camera. Cause there, it was cutting between three cameras, like a, like a normal, you know, TV yeah. show or whatever, but it's like, they weren't always well-framed or focused shots. And, and some, one time it cut to black and I'm like, what is happening? Who was doing this? Yeah. It was somebody that just never had really done that before. But, uh, one of our, one of our friends, we had, cabin kid. and we had camera people as well, like running, yeah. the, like she was like directing them to move the cameras and like, that's right. There's a close-up uh, of a Coke can at one point. Oh, a like Coke a really can. I was just going to say that. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> yeah. them being, like, really artistic and thinking about that kind of stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. But what there's uh, there's some kind of interesting things about it, um, one of which is that Twinkie, back then, predicts, like, well, what if they kill Han Solo? You're not going to like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Because we were talking no. about what it, um, I don't know how, what angle he came at it from, but, um. That was that was like whoa! It blew my mind. I was like, oh man, Twinkie called it, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so those Shit. are kind of interesting. If you want to hear our thoughts about it way back then, and then of course you you know you can we'll be talking about it here in December. Um. One of those same cabin kids that was on the preview. Uh. There is a podcast, single podcast. I, I guess a podcast. I don't know. It's a com- couple's commentary. No one asked for. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Of the where, um... where we watch Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. With his wife, who had never actually seen the movie, um, that's kind of amusing. My favorite bit of that is <laughs> when the Jawas are first seen, and we say that word. She goes, "Jawas." <laughs> like, Try not to pronounce it correctly. That's uh, awesome. Anyway, uh, speaking of Jawas, this is a nice. This is a little segue, and then we'll move on to our next bit. Uh, I found out that the Jawas at Disney will barter. Like there's a list of things what? that you can bring into Disney and they'll haggle with you. Like, there's, there's people in Jawa costumes that will barter with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's Disney. Like they dress people up in costumes. Anyways, oh, like they right? would Mickey or Minnie wandering around. Yeah. Ah. So when you go, so when you go to the like star Wars section where Mickey and Minnie would be walking around, there's stormtroopers and Jawas. Walking oh, around. Wow. Just like randomly throughout the park. I, I, there's, man, there's this amazing video. This is why Disney is so awesome. There is this amazing video where this kid just happens to be walking around in the Star Wars area dressed as Kylo Ren. And six, like, I'm pretty sure it's six stormtroopers. It might be four come up to him and hail him like he's <laughs> Kylo Ren. Yeah. And then they are like, you're, you know, sir, your your presence is being requested at this thing. We're here to escort you and then proceed to escort. They're like, if if you could, it's a little bit dangerous uh, if you could open up your lightsaber. So he like the kid like opens his lightsaber up and they escort this kid as Kylo Ren through the park, like in this big loop and like manhandle people out of the way for him, like with oh, their wow. like just like it's real. And then escort him and bypass all the lines and all this stuff and take him right to Kylo Ren where he can get do a photo op with Kylo Ren, like a guy in a <laughs> Kylo Ren costume. That's so cool. And that's just a random unplanned thing. And like it just like that kind of stuff just happens at Disney. So one of the things that happens that has to do with the Jawas is 
you can take things, anything shiny or sparkly or like little flashlights you get at Harbor Freight for $1.99 or whatever, you can take those and they'll haggle with you. And like, but they are so into character that like, if there's like a kid that's like crying because he wants to trade with the Jawas, if they don't, if he, that kid that's crying and freaking out, doesn't have something they want, they won't interact with him. Like they stay <laughs> in, like they are in character. They are Jawas. Wow. Like, um, so I'm, I'm just <laughs> they yeah. speak in that language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one, yeah. That one? yeah. I think, I think they is do. That, like <laughs> maybe that was yeah. an Ewok. I don't know, but, <laughs> um, what are you digging right now, Dave? Oh, um, so I had this a couple of weeks ago, a lot of things, but I'm only going to focus on the one dig per show so that, that our shows yeah. don't turn into always four hours. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So there's a bunch of stuff I'm digging, um, but I'm going to mention the Bruce Lee podcast. Um, oh. I, uh, because of Tribe, I've been aware of this. Um, it's a... It is a podcast hosted by uh, cultural analyst uh, Sharon Ann Lee, no relation, and then Bruce Lee's only daughter, Shannon Lee, uh, and they talk about uh, his life and philosophies. Um, wow. <clears throat> it's a... So I was a big Bruce Lee fan as a kid. That was my you know introduction to um, sort of martial arts films and um anyone who's listened to more than one episode of this show knows i have a great affection for those particularly those of jean-claude van damme's <laughs> but first there was bruce lee and um and so yeah a big fan but i've not he's not been a big part of my life in the last say i don't know 20 years or so um yeah and but anyway uh the tripod month where you're like supposed to try new tripods or <laughs> supposed to try new podcasts. There you go. <laughs> try new tripods. <laughs> hey uh, um, I thought oh, I'll give it a shot. And so I That was I, my nickname in college, by the way. <laughs> I can't do my that was my dick's nickname in right. college because like, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> but but that still kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, so I started listening and um I've been really enjoying it. It's uh so everybody who remembers Bruce Lee remembers him from the films that he made, but he also had a, a philosophy degree and was this real Renaissance man um, who could do all kinds of things incredibly well because he he applied himself like few hum, human beings <laughs> that we're aware of ever ever had. And um, so it's been a nice way for me to think about. Um, I don't know, you know, to really distill it down and hopefully not demean it. It's kind of self-helpy type stuff. Oh. Um, they they talk about some like they'll pick one of his uh, famous quotes or one of his uh, um, like some adage that he has or or certain philosophy. He had specific personal philosophies about uh, life that he extended to martial arts, and he created his own uh, expression thereof called the Jikundo and um, but yeah, so it's, um, <clears throat> hold on a sec. I've been fine. I'm not breathing very well because my microphone is loud in my ears. So I'm self-conscious about that. So I'm turning it down. So I just breathe like a human. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pass out, dude. I know. It's ridiculous. You know, it's funny. Um, that's kind of, <laughs> it's, it, it can get down to that kind of simplistic thing in the show where <laughs> I do think that, uh, there, there was this episode, it might have been this one, that I'm going to mention that that Shannon Lee's telling a story about um, being in a, in a, 
in a very dark place after her brother Brandon um, died. He was killed on the set of the film The Crow, um, which listeners to this podcast will know that I have a, a detailed history with that um, property as well. Um, but she was talking about this time when she was like painting houses, I guess, around and trying to deal with that grief and wasn't very well and realized that she was literally forgetting to breathe uh, so much so that she did pass out. And so, and so she was, so they would talk about that, that like these little sort of, whether it's a mantra or something to, you know, if nothing else, remember to breathe, which I still, still not doing. Hold on. Um, so, uh, to give an example of one of these philosophies, um, is that this is a very famous Sorry. quote. Jesus. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's oh my God, levity. I'm such a pig. <laughs> now, maybe that's it. Maybe it's because I'm drinking beer and I'm breathing. But <laughs> yeah. um, So let's see if I can um, collect myself enough to uh, give my imitation of this one uh, quote that I have memorized for years and years. Um, <clears throat> breathe. Whew. Okay, so... This is something uh, Bruce Lee said in my best Bruce Lee voice. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. You put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You pour water into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash be water my friend um so that's the quote but they, yeah. what they'll do then is they'll like they'll unpack it and actually they'll right. tell the story about how that uh, that philosophy came to mean something to him so i guess he was trying to learn some something uh from his his teacher his sifu when he was still in hong kong as a teenager and he just wasn't he wasn't getting it and he kept trying like kind of trying too hard and not getting in and his teacher got fed up with him and he sent him home for the day. And so he was on uh on like a ferry ride back or just out on the water somehow and he's angry and he hits the he hits the water and and then he's like, "Whoa." And he kind of comes up with that I- idea of uh you know, it's water's the softest stuff in the world, but it can it's the only thing that can kind of bend a rock over time. And uh Yeah. So it can be this fluid thing that flows around a problem, or it can be this unstoppable force. So it's like trying to. Uh, so the, so they'll they'll talk about the philosophies in that way, and then they'll find a way to uh, encourage you to apply it to your own life. So it's been a really nice way to think about things that'll help you do things like remember to breathe, <laughs> while also thinking about it through the lens of like my fa- one of you know, my favorite action stars. So. The Bruce Lee podcast. In particular, I'm going to recommend the episode because um, I think there's about 40 of them. Uh, number yeah. 11 uh, is called Walk On. is really fantastic. Um, and then just um, without getting too much uh, into the specifics of it, the the other part of it is they'll... So they'll talk about a particular philosophy per week. Um, there was just one today I was listening to where it was about um, joy and laughter uh, which okay. is not necessarily something you would associate with him, but I guess something that he felt very intentional about in his in his life. And um, I actually have become very intentional, intentional, intentional. I have become very intentional, intentional myself about joy and laughter over the 
maybe the last like 10 or 15 years and, uh, you know, make a point of, of laughing hard and often. <laughs> and, uh, absolutely. So it was fun to hear, uh, hear, hear something like that. Cause it's coming from this unique perspective that you wouldn't otherwise get of, uh, his family. Um, so they talk about, uh, and they have this foundation now that for years and years, the sort of Bruce Lee, um, likeness rights and films were not owned by anyone who cared about his philosophies. Um, so the very first episode talks about how they kind of got a lot of those rights back and made this um, foundation and are now trying to, you know, share his, uh, his ideas and his art to, um, you know, better people's lives like mine. Um, and then, so they also have a section of the show that's called, uh, aha, which stands okay. is an acronym that stands for awesome Asians and Hapas. <laughs> and actually they don't have here what Hapa stands for, but it's, it's basically like someone who comes from a, a mixed cultural background. Like Bruce Lee okay. himself was, um, half Chinese and half, um, some kind of Caucasian European or something, but right. American actually, he was born in America, uh, his yeah. American birth certificate. But, uh, so, uh, and, and one of his missions sort of, uh, in life was to, um, show the world that, uh, an Asian man could be a leading man in a movie and, uh, you right. know, achieve, achieve great things. Um, which wasn't something that people were shown at that time in the sixties. Um, so they make a point of calling out, um, Asian, awesome Asians and Hapas doing cool things. Uh, and actually That's in, awesome. in number 11, um, would have been perfect for uh, the discussion we had about women in film. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't think she, in the show notes here, I don't think they give what she says. But in that episode, they shout out uh, an actress called Constant Wu, who's on the show Fresh Off the Boat. Um, uh-huh. But she uh, initiated this kind of uh, dialogue on Twitter when uh, Matt Damon was cast in the Great Wall movie, basically kind of explaining that you know, for, you know, why that's not necessarily a great thing. That's the Chinese are always having to be saved by the white man, but also just like be brave and the people who have money, like just, you know, to take a stand for something. And, uh, I'm not not articulate very poorly, but, uh, Oh, here it is her full tweet. But when I heard that, I was like, Oh man, this is perfect for, Oh yeah, this is, I'll have to retweet this ourselves. It's, it's really, it's a really long tweet, but it's really awesome. Uh, but it has great bits in it where even like, not, not just like, not just complaining, but also saying, um, you know, uh, let's see. She's saying, excuse me for caring about the images that little girls see and what that implies to them about their limitations or possibilities. If you know a kid, uh, you should care too, because we were those kids. Why do you think it was so nice to see a nerdy white kid have a girl fall in love with him? Because you were that nerdy white kid who felt unloved. <clears throat> right. And seeing pictures in Hollywood, uh, Hollywood stories made it feel possible. So anyway, so they'll give shout outs to folks. Just, I mean, this week's one that I listened to was for to a DJ. <laughs> it's just kind of a nice way to spotlight uh Asians and Hoppas doing cool things. And then there's That's a, awesome. the last segment is something they call a Bruce Lee moment where just somebody kind of writes in about how Bruce Lee's philosophy or whatever helped them in their life. So, awesome. so yeah, that's what I'm digging the Bruce Lee podcast, uh, particularly cool. episode number 11. How about you? What, what, what do you, what would be your pick for this what, week or your pleasure? What is your pleasure? sir? 
yeah, uh, my uh, Palmer pleasure for this week is uh, so <clears throat> um, we uh, I I built a wood shop in my house um, right after I got married to Ash, uh, and then. I, I was like going like gangbusters down there and built the wood shop. Like spent probably eight months building the wood shop. And uh, once I got the wood shop built, um, I started like my first project. I had a couple projects going and everything was going fine with those. And then uh, just shit started happening last year. And I pretty much like the last project I was working on, which was probably a year ago. Uh, the day I, the last day I was in there, like the sawdust is still on the floor, the project, like all my tools and everything are still out on my workbenches and I just haven't touched it for all that time. And, uh, I am just realizing now I'm, I feel like I am coming out of the woods of my funk that I was in, uh, for the last, I don't know, eight months. And, uh, I, I want to knock on wood on that. Because <laughs> I don't want to be a little too um, optimistic, like overly optimistic, but I really feel like I'm getting out of this funk. And in the last couple weeks, I really have. I'm like, I need to get down there and I need to make something, you know. Um, and so that led to a resurgence of I. I watch everything I've learned. You know, I've learned. My my father was not a carpenter. I took one semester of shop in eighth grade. Um, I did happen to help, you know, I built my room in the basement back at the house in Ritman, uh, oh, the poker yeah. night room. Yeah. Sure. Like I, I pretty much, I, I, I did a lot of the, the work on that. I was told what to do, but I did a lot of the work. Um, and then, uh, when I moved down here, I helped finish the basement that I ended up living in for a few years. So like th- that, that's all of my like woodworking experience. Like, uh, eighth grade, one semester, one semester of shop in eighth grade, and then those two times finishing a basement, right? <laughs> and uh, that was the extent of my experience. And so everything that I've learned, I've learned from YouTube. And there's a handful of guys uh, that I I just really like their stuff. They really they care more about you can I mean yeah they you have to pay if you want to get their plans for the projects that they make, but they they really go all out into. I I I know I'm biased because it's our podcast, but I really feel like the work that Moto does and the work that you do to maintain the social presence on Twitter. And that Moto does to like take the like the shit that we give him and makes it these amazing things <laughs> that are just shi- like awesome. What'd you to say listen earlier to. off when we were in a break? Shinola, make take shit and make it shinola. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a, uh, a phrase for the podcast. Uh, anyway, you're um, saying nice things about us. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I know I'm biased, but I feel like like we're a really good bargain for a entry level podcast. You know, we put a like there's a lot of work that goes into for something for free. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with these videos of these, like I, I get nothing upsets me more than hearing somebody be like, I would totally do that if I just knew how as they're like Facebooking shit on the supercomputer <laughs> that can fit into their pocket. And I just want to be like, 
I want to be like, take your phone and bring up YouTube and just type what you're saying, what you want to know how to do. And I guarantee you there's at least a hundred people that are trying to teach you how to do it for free (laughs) that they just like they, it just means something to them to just put that video out there. And so there's, uh, Jimmy Darista, he's the one that got me started. And then, uh, there's like, I think it's Matthias Wandel is his name. And I can't remember this third guy's name. Uh, but, um, they're, they're three of maybe four or five guys that I, their videos continually are recommended to me. I'll watch any, like any project that sounds interesting. I'll watch it. But those guys always get recommended to me. To the point that I have since subscribed to all th- those three in particular, and I, I need to look and find that guy's name. But so I had this like super fan moment on this video that I will end up sending out, but it's, and it's so boring. Unless you're a woodworker, you probably wouldn't get it. But the it's basically the, these two guys had made the same uh, tool for their wood shops. Uh, they made their own versions of it. And they're two of my guys that I had been watching for almost two years now, watching their videos independent of each other. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to stumble upon a video where these two guys got together in the same wood shop and then put their tools like in a competition against each other. Oh, and cool. just to watch they are two of the most talented carpenter woodworkers I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and then just to watch the camaraderie, it, it's shit like that, that when I see it, I'm like, this is what the internet is supposed to be. Cause those two guys were com- probably started their channels completely independent of each other, had no idea each other existed, just wanted to put their knowledge out into the YouTube community, the internet community. And somehow got connected with each other. And then like, as it was like a super fan moment. To, it was like watching Batman show up in a Spider-Man comic book. You know what I mean? Ah. Like it, it was just like this, like these two worlds just coming together. And it was a really big, like fanboy moment to just be like, and they were like ripping on each other and having a good time. And like, just total had this amazing camaraderie. And it was just, I don't know. It was just very heartwarming to me to see this. Cause it's like, I feel like that the internet's main, what it should be driving towards is just like the sharing of information and knowledge. And I think that there's like the future of education is tied up in that in some way. And, um, just this, sh- this information bank and building that. And there's, Really good, you like instructional YouTubers. You, they're really good because that's all they're trying to do is they just want to add to the knowledge bank. It's not like yes, again, they charge for the plans for these things that you know all these different woodworking projects, but the plans are dirt cheap, and all the work that they put into making the amazing videos that go along with them, and then the plans on top of it. I'll pay the 12 bucks to get those plans that I will then have for the rest of my life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, so it was just, I'm really digging that right now because it really helped. It really helped jumpstart, uh, my, this passion back 
into my wood shop and getting back down there. And I'm really anxious to get down there again and start working on making shit. That's awesome. So, what uh, have you made some stuff before? Or this is still kind of a new um, enterprise. Um, well, I made I made my wood shop. That was like yeah, the big thing. I'm so I made like, like all my. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, like so a, you would work I, the wood shop. <laughs> I built. Uh, so I built my workbenches, and I'm really proud of my workbenches. They're modular. Uh, they can be combined and uh, reorganized in different ways to accommodate what I what project I'm working on. Oh, cool. Uh, my basement's really, really super small, and that's where my wood shop is. And I just bought a bunch more tools this last weekend that I don't know where they're where I'm going to fit them. Uh, but it's like super small, and uh, I needed I needed workbenches that I could move around if I needed to. Uh, and so that's what I did. So those took, those took a lot of time. I built a pinball machine. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember that passion of yours that, yeah, <laughs> that's very cool. Can you share pictures uh, of some of these things? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd I be can great definitely to do see. that. I mean, I just like to see it, but we might as well throw them up on the, on the tweet machine. Yeah, absolutely. The super no, computer in our pocket. <laughs> yeah. The super computers in our pocket. That's, <laughs> I, I, I just don't like, I, the wealth of human knowledge is at your fingertips. If you're I mean, if you're listening to us right now on on a on a smartphone, if you're listening to us right now on a computer, um, I I mean, some way you had to get this thing, right? If you got this thing that you're listening to right now, don't ever say I wish I knew how to do this again. <laughs> like, take this this moment moving forward. Commit to you know what? Don't even for the rest of your life. I want you to commit to one day after hearing this right now commit to i'm ne- i'm not going to say for the next 24 hours i wish i knew how to do this and anytime you catch yourself getting ready to say that i want you to type that into a google search how do you blank and i want you to take 10 minutes to just look through those search results and see if you can answer that question i wish i knew how to blank because I guarantee you, again, there's at least a hundred people right now on the internet that are dying to teach you how to do that thing you wish you knew how to do. And probably 75 of those 100 people are really good at teaching you how to do it. So don't just take the first search results that you get. Take a little bit of time. You have to do this smartly and intelligently. But just take that time. Take 24 hours the next 24 hours to commit to learning something new from the internet and i guarantee you that once you learn that skill you'll never say i wish i knew how to do this now i say i want to know how not i wish i knew how yeah like i gotta go i gotta go check how to do this yeah i I gotta go find find out how to do this like i want to know how to do this so i'm gonna go learn i mean ash will come in and she'll be like what the hell are you watching i wanted to know (laughs) How to how to record like the a, best- a, a Google Hangout so that we can post it on our YouTube page. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to know how to, you know, I wanted to know how to what the best tools for punching leather were. And this, the, there's five videos on that. So like compare tools? different tools. Captain and Tennille. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> fist, that's left and right fist. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so that's that's my with. pleasure right now. Is just like awesome. I, I don't know if you could like synthesize that into one what that is, but it's just it's that. You know, you can learn. You can learn from the internet. That's for sure. Uh, but I'll share that, that video. Yeah, for, maybe that, it'd be that, that one was video. Just like, it'd be a good it catalyst. Just, it just really warmed my heart to see these two guys that I had watched independently of each other 
interacting with each other. And you can see that if um, it, it doesn't exist anymore, but if you were big in Vine, uh, if you are, if you do watch a lot of YouTube, um, I really love seeing those communities interact with each other in certain ways. Cause these guys will get, you know, this YouTuber has this many followers. This YouTuber has this many followers. They have the same fan base because their humor is the same. And then it's like when one of them appears in the other one's video, ah, oh, it's like this super fan moment. I, I don't, and I don't know how else to say it. It's just awesome. That's so great. That, I, I that definitely big, know. I know just what you mean, of course. Yeah. So I can't think of a good example myself. But yeah. <laughs> I know there are a lot of them. So the only one I can think of is just a single picture. Um, there's a book called Far Away So Close, and it's a YouTube book from the mid-90s. And it's mostly about the Zoo TV tour. But on one leg of the Zoo TV tour, Pearl Jam opened. So oh. there's a there's a picture of um of a young uh Eddie Vedder sitting at a table with an only slightly older Bono. And uh, I was just like, ooh. <laughs> Man, if they would have had Frank Sinatra in there, that would have been the trilogy, the Trinity right there, right? Like, oh, uh, Bruce Springsteen yeah. for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what, uh, no, what's that movie? Uh, it's um, Dream for an Insomniac. She says she's like Frank Sinatra's God and Bono is Jesus and Eddie Vedder is the Holy Spirit. Doesn't she really? say like those I three I'm gonna have to. I look, think you're look the one. I thought you're the, you were the Dream one that told me about that movie, Dream for Dream for an Insomniac. I think you're the one that told me about I, that quote. I haven't quite remembered this. I yeah, and I just realized something listening to the last episode that there are. I have a pretty good memory for certain things, but some stuff I forget. So you were telling me about this Clockwork Orange documentary that I was like, I can't remember that. I can't remember that. It was the Life in Pictures, I think, documentary that came with the box set for the Stanley Kubrick. Um, yeah, uh, thing that I had. So I did see it. I'm sure I did watch it with you. It just I was hung up on the idea that it was only about Clockwork Orange. So I, I was oh. happy listening to the episode. I'm like, why? Maybe it's a <laughs> maybe there's a is there a whole section on the like the banning of a Clockwork Orange? Because yeah, I also it's be. it takes you through the whole his whole career. It's like a you know it's a long because documentary. Because I I found. Um, I, I did the same thing. I did a search. I Well, I did a search and there was a 45 minute documentary that came up that just was a chronology of the history, the controversy surrounding a clockwork orange. Oh, and that, that looked like the documentary that I was thinking of, but I'll see if I can find that too. And I'll send that to you. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Dream friend insomniac, 1996. Ioni sky, Jennifer Aniston. Huh? I might've forgotten that movie. Um, yeah, but I do. I mean, I love those two guys, obviously. So there is a picture I have, uh, come across on the internet that is, uh, and that they've been together a lot on certain occasions, Eddie Vedder and Bruce Springsteen. And then it's like Jackson Brown is there. Nothing. Not, yeah. <laughs> that's like that thing earlier where you said, where it's like, well, you're pretty liberal, right? Where there's like, it's in yeah. the tone. Obviously you can tell I don't like Jackson Brown as much. Right. Well, I, 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 well, I know you're pretty liberal. <laughs> yeah. So, though the his well, his song. Well, what the I, fuck's that supposed to mean? Yeah, yeah I'm curious no. about that conversation now. Um. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't anything like that. I can't believe I just said that. Like, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? I it was there, there was zero like standoffishness about that at all. Like, uh, oh, that's funny. Um, the uh, that song though. Speaking of Jackson Brown, his song "Late for the Sky" 
appears in the movie Taxi Driver. That song is devastating and awesome. So, but it was just, yeah. Anyway, I do like to see my people together. At one time, oh, I got man. to see uh, Glenn Hansard open for Eddie Vedder in Detroit. Like, there's another couple of my... It all seems to center around Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Which, this is gonna, this is a weird non-sequitur. It's going to sound like it, but there is a there is a relationship to Eddie Vedder. <laughs> we watched Saturday Night Live, The Bride and I, pretty regularly. Uh, is this, is this going to lead to a shit, shit The Bride says? It can. It should. It's not directly, but I'll, I'll, I got the book all in right. hand. But so we were watching uh, the most recent episode, and we haven't finished it yet. The host is Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And the yep. musical guest is Harry Styles from yes. One Direction. Yes. And he was going to sing us. I heard a, he had a song called Sign of the Times. And I'm like, is this a Prince cover or like, what? what is this? I see the kid on stage. I, we, we watch this show a lot, Saturday Night Live. And I'm going to say easily seven out of ten times, sometimes more. The musical guests were just like, what? This counts? Like, it's, I don't know. It's just not yeah. connecting for us a lot. Because, um, in, in all fairness, though, Saturday Night Live is really avant garde with their musical guests. Um, I mean, I they, guess. they, but it, I mean, you got to be mainstream to end up on Saturday Night Live. But I, I do, I don't know if that, I don't, I mean, you have to be trendy, I think, to end up on Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, it is supposed that's to be some kind of, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. it's more like just we're watching it, and it's, and it's not like well, it's, I, I don't often feel like I'm missing something. I, I feel like it's just something that's missing me. It's like I see what they're going for, but for me, a lot of times it seems embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So that's, that's why, fair. and and some of the I just wonder, like I wonder sometimes, like is that just me? Is and is that the bitterness <laughs> I need to combat? Um, but every once in a while, I'm really surprised. Like la- the week before, I wish I could remember the, g- the guests' names. Um, I-, I-, I was having that feeling like, I think this is kind of stupid, but I also kind of like it. The week before was Louis C.K., right? <laughs> yeah. Well, who's that musical guest? I think it's probably still in the cover of iTunes. Uh, I don't know. I-, I just know it was. We usually do the recap because we can't stay up late enough to watch you- Saturday Night Live. So we'll watch the recap on uh, all they like they put out all of the sketches on youtube the next day so oh that, yeah then we'll we'll get up the next day and just binge all the sketches on sunday yeah we um i stay up late uh on weekends especially and uh i try to but well i, also, I don't know how you could with the schedule that you keep during the week yeah. but the the bride gets up early and with the dogs and um and she watches her her morning news shows, and so she certainly she gets certain things always spoiled. So we try to watch the cold open in the first few minutes together if we can, and yeah. then we'll watch it on tape. It's the Chain Smokers. That that's the the group that was on oh, the week before. That band sounds familiar. Um, I never heard of them or watching it, and I it was weird. It felt awkward. I'm like, oh, this is guy. This guy's not a good front man, and. At the same time, I kind of like the song, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I like this." I think, and and the bride's looking at me like, "I don't know you." <laughs> uh, but so it's not like I don't want to like things. I guess is the point I'm getting at. Um, I do. I just often don't. <laughs> In terms of uh, especially music, I can be pretty judgy. But um, it's mostly that I just want to be. I just want to be excited. I want to be uh, moved. Uh, and I'm not like a dance guy, so it, t- it tends to need to have a some sort of deeper connection for me. And a lot of times with musicians, it can be my experience as a music- musician sort of 
um, f- feeling like certain voices, it's very t- trendy the last so many years to have what feels to me like this very strangled voice. You think of something like, like Ray LeMontagne was the first guy, I think, to really popularize it. So, oh, yeah, I know. I, I know that sound. Yeah, you just kind of like for me, like it took forever to like. So we mentioned Eddie Vedder. Like I grew up imitating Eddie Vedder in a very <laughs> strangled way. And eventually I found my own way of like singing. And it feels amazing. Like if, if you express if you're expressing yourself and like using your body, breathing. <laughs> but like these singers, breathe, buddy, it's breathe, all like breathe. it's all just like. And you, and it's like, what is wrong? <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't feel right <laughs> to me. So, so I don't. It doesn't resonate with me. So I'm just. Is this the chain smokers or is this Henry Styles? This is, but this is where Henry Harry Styles Harry really Styles. surprised me. I'm looking at this kid's like famous for his hair and being in a boy band. He gets in the middle of this song. I'm like, um. <laughs> Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I was like, I think I like this. And then I'm watching him. And I'm like, dude looks like a young Eddie Vedder meets Dave, David Bowie. And I think he's singing. And he's definitely not singing in a way that's pissing me off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think I like this song. It gets to some parts and he kind of sings out. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, this kid is kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I actually thought all the sketches he was in. He was great in them. Oh, like I saw he, the one where he was Mick Jagger. I haven't gotten to the rest yet. Uh, yeah, so he was Mick Jagger in the one, and uh, he's in a couple other ones that he does a pretty good job. Um, and uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Bitch, I had a good thought. It's fucking Harry Styles rocks. <laughs> yeah, Harry Styles rocks. I mean, Who knew? <laughs> what's funny is you mentioned chain smokers and I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. So I just did a quick Google search and I realized why they sound familiar. There's an amazing YouTube video where this guy was like how every chain smoker song is written. So it's the last, <laughs> it's the last link in there. And basically he just like, he nails it. It's, it's a little long. It's like four minutes long, but he's just basically, he's like, okay, pick three keys. And he's like, you're like, he's like for the verse, you're going to, you're going to do, you're going to do, that's your main note. And then you go one step up and then one step up from that. <laughs> And he's like, for your chorus, you take your original note that you started with. And like, he breaks it down and basically does a chain smokers, like writes a chain smokers song, like in this video. And he's like, he can't hold it together because he's nailing it. Like, he's just like surprised at himself. And it's actually working. He thought he was just going to be funny, but then it starts working. It's a oh, great that video. Sounds awesome. All right. We'll post that to the Twitter just because it'll be. Uh, I wonder if I I wonder if I like a chain smoker song. Let me see. Like I I was was, uh, the chorus goes like um, we go down together. Something like that. Okay, (laughs) that's enough. Right. I can hear the rest of my head, but I can't. I I actually know that song. We go Uh, down. We will all go down together. Something like that. Way down we go, 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 way down we go. Now Moto's gonna put that song in again. It's three episodes, like three or four episodes in a row. He's gonna play that song. Sometimes we put him in a tough spot. Oh my god, we're gonna get fucking kicked. We're gonna get kicked off of iTunes. Everything like sued no. all the stuff for that goddamn co- like Kaleo song. That's no, we got like, no trouble for those. Only Danger Zone. And only on YouTube. Um, 
I was, I was, we put Moto in an awkward position sometimes because, like, I told him, like, don't put in the music there, but you were like, oh, please. So I think he had to weigh out. It's like, well, Dave had got to have his moment and hear it a cappella. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give Palmer his backing music. But, but man, hearing you just do it on your own like that and watching you bob around like Stevie Wonder was one of the highlights of my year. <laughs> uh. Our listeners missed out hearing the accompaniment. <laughs> uh. Sidebar. I've been, I was like, okay, let's just get a, a chain smoker song up to see if I like them before I put this video out about, <laughs> about how they them. Suck. And uh, so the first thing that came up was closer, chain smokers closer. And I am 12 seconds into a four minute and 20 second song, minute song. And I'm like, nope, we can make fun of them all we want <laughs> yeah. to. 12 yeah. seconds. <laughs> like, it's uh. just that, like, that breathy, like, <laughs> it's like, that's not, a, that's not music. <laughs> You don't do that in music. Like, uh. it's it, you know what it is? It's the same thing as the Inception sound, how they started putting the Inception sound in like every trailer. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That, is like, that the first time it was heard in Inception? Yeah, like that boom. like, boom. It, Cracked has a really good video about that where they're just like, you know, that sound that they put in all the trailers and all that. Boing really sound, do. you yeah. know. So, um, Speaking of chain smokers, you got your stats? Oh, good as an ex as an ex chain smoker. Um, I don't actually. Oh, that's right. It's my downstairs. phone is downstairs. <laughs> uh, I'll tweet it out as another. Hey, babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grab my phone and open up uh, my smoking stats and just tell me how long I've been not smoking. <laughs> this is what's awesome when you live in a tiny apartment and you just have a conversation with your significant other on another <laughs> floor, like they're next to you. And for those of you curious about Palmer's significant other, go back to our previous episode, 19. Uh, terrific I, appearance. Bye. Like, I, I was just going to say, like, I while she's looking that up, can I, I almost, I almost, my Palmer pleasure for this, this episode was almost our show. Oh, wow. And just because, like, you know how Moto salvaged, like, the last, like, three episodes that have been on the <laughs> air, right. that oh, have been God. released, One, two, you know, three, and yeah. then. And like really pulled like like saved our ass like sh- Shinola out of shit man like <laughs> Shinola uh, and uh, I, I swear I'm not using that right I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna that's gonna have to be the episode title <laughs> but uh, Shinola but and then this last episode with her that was just like it was so good like I like oh, yeah. I want to tell people now like go watch get out and then go listen to this episode of yeah. our podcast because that's how like they should boom boom there she is the scholar oh, the oh, legend hey, thanks are you going to bed <laughs> oh <laughs> she's like uh, you guys got your fix last week fuck off <laughs> yeah. here's your phone <laughs> I am totally done <laughs> suck a dick that's <laughs> <laughs> You take your damn podcast and suck a dick. I'm not. I'm out of here. I want that to be another of the clips up front. <laughs> Just me going suck a dick. The other one was dick related too. What? <laughs> it was like there was something to do with it weigh this much, otherwise your dick would have fallen off or something. Oh, yeah, that's why. That's why. That's why I weigh four hundred sixty pounds because if not, my dick would have dropped off in my twenties. Yeah. Oh man, a moto. Um, I'm sure you'll use better judgment, but that I was just imagining. <laughs> that's gonna end up having its own. Um, 
you know how he's got his uh, his go tos for like death and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> your dick's gonna. Anytime end up my dick gets mentioned, <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, those still make me up. laugh out loud. Like when, the, whenever like, you'll say something like "killed," and then I hear the cyborg music. <laughs> yeah. Why? Can I say something funny about that too? Is is what like it was like it was like two or three episodes after the cyborg episode because cyborg was really like, like that was the pivot point for Moto like really. <laughs> becoming yeah. like a staple of engaged, the show yeah. right yeah like engaged with the editing and all that stuff and so it was like two episodes after that and and double d sends me a text he's like listen i'm listening to this episode he's like you got to talk to moto because this music is kind of distracting it's like <laughs> but it's be, like it's only like three episodes in so like none of those none of those things had been established yet. like there wasn't enough of them for it to be a pattern yet uh. Like to make that connection that he was like, but he already had that stuff like the death like that the cyborg music anytime yeah. we talked about death, <laughs> death. Like, he already had that all figured out by that third episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and I and and so now like since then I've gone back to Double D and I'm like, I'm like, are you hearing like what's what mo like why Moto was he's like oh yeah I totally get it it's worth it <laughs> like <laughs> the, it's so I actually um, shared a bunch of soundtracks with him because. On the one, one of the ones that was messed up, I did a bunch of work on to help at least like so that he didn't have to put it together. I just had to make it sound decent. And I don't know if he just like felt like he had extra time on his hands or what, but that one had the most wall to wall like sound references. Yeah. And I was just like, what would this guy do if he had unlimited like <laughs> this at, at, his, at his arm's reach? So I gave him a bunch, but then I instantly found myself regretting. And I was like, well, I don't. I want it always to be the blood sport like music when we talk. No, about I like I want to bag. I want him to like because I thought about just starting to gather like sound effects and like in movie quotes, like just isolating those things and just dropping them in a folder that he can just like start using. Yeah, you know? that's essentially what I do in movie soundtracks. And yeah, I think he um, might. I mean, it's nice, I guess, to have if you want it. And he did some cool stuff in the last one where I could tell, oh, that's a new, but. Thank God he stuck to his original like instincts about if we start broing bromancing out, it's like the um it's the it's like the friendship theme or whatever from Bloodsport. It's, like, <laughs> it's so oh, he does such a I, great I job. I want a, I want an Ash quote from Dawn of the Dead anytime we mention Ash. Like I'm gonna, That's my girl. You know, <laughs> touch her again. Oh, not Dawn of the Dead. He, like Jesus. You have to pick uh, one up. Yes, uh, you referred to uh, one of the Evil Dead movies as Dawn of the Dead, and uh, it was at that moment that I decided that Long Long Short Drink episode 20 was just, that was the deciding factor that your podcast was not for me. So, um, your podcast is definitely shit and not Shinola. <laughs> and not Shinola. Um, all right, smoking stack. Yeah. So... Uh, I have not been a smoker for, uh, 288 days, 13 hours and 18 minutes at the time of this recording. Um, I have added 19 days, 18 hours, 11 minutes and 30 seconds onto my life. I have saved $1,471 and 63 cents. And I have not smoked 4,905 cigarettes. This is where you're heading. Cruddy lung. Uh, it makes me smoking cool. through a hole in oh. your throat. Do you really <laughs> and want also to want to smoke a cigarette at the same time. Like, <laughs> oh, isn't that terrible? Like, 
And try some it's gum so, instead. It, uh, Logan and I talked about that because I used to always smoke with Logan. Snick, snick. Like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, like uh, Logan is like whenever I came around and he's like, hey, you still smoke? Yes. Awesome. Can I have one? And then we would smoke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I told him like when he came to the bar today because we had a beer after work. Uh, when he showed up, the first thing that I thought I was like, I bet Logan's got cigarettes. Oh, and, and when I told him that he was like, I thought the same thing when I saw you because he quit smoking, too. He hasn't smoked oh. in like two years. I didn't realize he smoked that often. Um, He said he smoked a lot when he would work like when you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and really only then. So he said every now and then he still will go get like one of the like e-cigarettes or whatever, like the ten dollar deals you can get at the gas station. Uh every now and then but he quit smoking too but he said the same thing he's like as soon as i saw you i was like oh man i bet palmer's got some cigarettes uh isn't that just that's so fucked up especially since he now listens to the podcast (laughs) yeah exactly oh no and he but he knew like yeah and he said that too he's like i've been listening i know that you've been you know you've been quit so um Awesome. Uh, what's your share? The bride said, oh, yeah, because you, so I, you I, were going. I picked some out. Yeah, we were. We had some tie ins. Uh, OK, yeah. so uh, let's see. Shit. The bride says features selections from the clandestine Twitter page. I started in 2010 to document the things my wife says that make me laugh so hard. I have to stop everything and preserve them. She, of course, denies any and all association with the Twitter page from which these quotes are read. However, as the editor of said page, I can assure you, everything repeated here was most certainly said by the bride. So this one is from, uh, I think we're getting really close to where, oh no, not quite yet. It's still a bunch of catch up things. I think I just kept track of quotes for quite a while without posting them anywhere. Yeah. And then posted them like all at once. Um, so this one actually needs a little bit of a setup. So one of the cabin kids we were talking about before, Crams, uh, he and his wife were over um, at my apartment in Kent, and we were playing Seen It, you know, that movie trivia game? Yep. And so Crams' wife is, um, to to generalize uh, her profession without hopefully being too specific, she's a librarian, and she's a very quiet, soft-spoken person, very just kind of petite lady. Like it's just it's it's, it's perfect that she's she a librarian. She is a librarian. <laughs> yeah, if you like you, you just say yeah. she's a librarian, and yeah. that's a great that's a great yeah. Whatever, a... <laughs> but picture don't picture like don't picture the like librarian three years from retirement when you were in elementary school. Like picture, uh, in our age, like like mid thirty. Is that how old she is? Right. Yeah, I would imagine so. Okay. I guess that's all like mid, we are. Yeah. mid mid thirties <laughs> librarian. That's, that's yeah. She's great. like, you know, she's quiet, likes to read books. It's a, it seems like a, a good fit. So anyway, but yeah. so we're and, and Cram's um, like any of us at times, especially around each other have a bigger personality and absolutely. Um, and so, you know, together sometimes, some oftentimes, you know, you know, us boys are doing a lot of talking. We got a lot to say. And uh, <laughs> our wives just watch us roll in their eyes. And this was one of those times by and large. Um, but something happened and he threw a little shade her way. And we were kind of snacking on something while we were playing the game. And she just kind of looked at him and a look came over her eyes. And then she whacked him in the temple with her fork. <laughs> just like, 
it wasn't like uncomfortable to be around. It was just like, hey, you fucko, <laughs> watch it. <laughs> fucko. Like she didn't say anything. It was just like it was it was more funny than anything else. It wasn't like, oh shit, we're watching something real. Right. But the bride and I lost it because if you're this kind of quiet librarian and your husband's being boisterous and with his buddy and then suddenly he says something you don't like and you just quietly reach out and whack him in the temple. Yeah, right so that, back into play. that became like just like a thing within our, you know, the bride of my life. So the first shit the bride says is a take on that moment All right. Uh, where she says, I'm going to take this glass and crack you in the temple. Temple crack. <laughs> Um, and then the next one here uh, is involves uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He came up. Ooh. This is a uh, all 2011. Yeah, NPH. Yep, and that's what it says. Re NPH. I would shake his hand and then I would grab it and lick it. He would. T- <laughs> he would. He would tell people. About- <laughs> so imagine the first time I heard this. That's why I have to type these things out. I would shake his hand and then I would grab it and lick it. He would tell people about it later. He'd be like, there's this crazy woman once. And then I would become folklore. <laughs> folklore? Who doesn't want to be folklore? I guess, Honestly. Yeah. Uh, and then this one is, uh, you remember that uh, scene in Sa- or the sketch in Saturday Night Live where Andy Sandberg would be Marky Mar- Mark Wahlberg and he'd be like in a, in a farm <laughs> and he'd talking to chickens like, now I'm going to go talk to this goat. It's like, hey, yes, go, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like talking to him like this kind of exaggerated Boston accent. And at the end of talking to an animal that's not talking back, he'd be like, say, how do you mother for me? And he'd move on. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the take on that. We're in that voice. She goes, just, I don't know where this has no context. <laughs> uh, Go fuck your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> and then finally i think we were watching um we used to watch american idol for a while uh back then and i think that or one of the, it was it was one of those singing competition shows this was pre-voice there's a more rock oriented one i think and that might have been this but uh she says if that woman she's like apoplectic she's like beside herself trying to get this out she's like if that woman wins i'm gonna Punch every baby in Arizona. <laughs> I'm going to go door to door punching babies in Arizona. <laughs> so, so that's all for this week. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, she's a treasure. <laughs> Temple crack. She is indeed. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. my girl. Don't touch her again. <laughs> no, I, I can't even pay her a compliment. <laughs> I got to rip that quote from Teen Wolf. That's <laughs> I looked at the internet. Nobody seems to find it as funny as I do. That's my girl. Touch her again. <laughs> oh, man, look at us. We got got all our bits aired. <laughs> yeah, all we got is a we got a Steve. We got a King Corner in there. Oh, hey. hell yeah. We since we're in between beats, we can cut this out if it's if you think it's too gross. You see this thing right here? It's a microscope of sorts. It is a microscope. It's also the cheapest male fertility test that you can take. What? All right. Holy hell. You going to take a walk with me? Yeah. Should we take a picture of that? Because like people should see what it is. Oh, sure. You can. Because, I mean, I don't. What? Yeah. Hold it up kind of by your head so people get a sense of the size. There we go. Yeah. It's just a cheap. This was $9 on Amazon. 
Okay. So tell me the story of how you got this thing. (laughs) All right. So um, without getting too personal, Ash and I just all barriers have been removed since we've been married. Right. And both of us want to be parents and we are not parents yet. And so uh, for the last six or eight months or so, it's just been it's just been a topic of conversation between the two of us about this and about that whole 30 uh, was a result of um, her seeing an endocrinologist and trying to see if it was a thyroid condition that might be affecting. She does. Uh, they feel like she has Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid condition. And uh, they thought that might be contributing to um, her not ovulating all the time. And so um, even though she cycles, it doesn't mean she necessarily is releasing an egg every time. And that could be contributing to it. And so in amidst all of that conversation, it just came up. She was like, you know, have you ever thought you've dated a lot of girls? Not a lot. You've dated girls. Yes. You've had sex with most of them. Yes. Um, none of them ever got pregnant, right? Well, have you thought that maybe, maybe the reason we haven't got pregnant is because you, you're, you, you don't have sperm. And I was like, well, you know what? I, that thought had crossed my mind a couple times and I thought we would wait until we saw what the results of the endocrinologist were, but you're right. I mean, it's only fair like that. We, it takes two to tango, right? So we should probably consider it us. And so unbeknownst to her, like I order the $9 microscope. She thinks that ultimately we're going to end up at a fertility clinic and I'm going to give a sperm sample to test that. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I think the way you, the conversation you, went, that's what get it, to the microscope. Cause I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This is a long walk, short drink. <laughs> All right. Is this I, your I, first I episode? Thought you, I thought you were just glossing over the fact that your, your, your solution was a microscope. <laughs> no. And so, I mean, so, you know, I took high school biology. Thank you, Mrs. Sabo, <laughs> uh, where I learned how to use a microscope. I learned how to use a microscope in seventh grade. Uh, also, and, uh, thank you, Mr. Trogdon. Oh, and nice. So, yeah. Hashtag stupid acting. Yeah. And so I so I do again. This is the proof. Like, don't say you don't know how to do something. <laughs> this was the Google search. I said, what's the minimum magnification to see human sperm? Oh, I just gagged a little bit. Go on. <laughs> That's how I know not, I'm okay. That's kind of probably the only way I know. <laughs> <laughs> not come sperms like that's, yeah, those, those are still, two different things but you can't those, separate them they're, they're part and parcel <laughs> they're two different things well i suppose and, but one carries the other right and that yeah and so uh it turns out that 400 magnification there's youtube videos of 400 magnification that you can see this this nine dollar <laughs> plastic kids microscope <laughs> on amazon has 100, 400, and 1,200 magnification. (laughs) I see where this is going. So, unbeknownst to my wife, I ordered the $9 microscope. (laughs) And was able to prove with it to my wife that I am, I coach a swim team. I have a swim team. I also was able to use my camera phone 
and place it on the eyepiece of the microscope oh to gain footage, uh, which is probably in your messages by now. Oh, Lord. Are we tweeting this? <laughs> Why not? I think this is fascinating. Oh, I got my so God. pissed. All my none of my science teacher friends commented on this. Hold on. And I was so upset. This is fascinating. They act like this is disgusting. Mind you, all That's of them have kids. Amazing. You've you all had this. to deal with sperm See, before. Those little fucking like they look like blackheads to me that kind of dance. Yeah, like <laughs> little baby tadpoles. That's what they look like. Oh my god. You but did that's this on them. your own. I did that on my own. Did you have a a slide? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we're all. Yeah. Well, the, well, I don't know. I don't know how scientific things are. It's a, it's a chintzy looking uh, microscope. If this I is plastic. I can throw this. I mean, it's $9. But this is the cheapest male fertility <laughs> test you can get, honestly. So, just the fact that there are that many um, little soldiers that led you to believe um, and conclude from your studies that, like, well, I got, you know, that looks. Healthy, I, yeah. I wanted I wanted to see like I wanted to see like is this something that I would have to go to a doctor for or could I just do this at home? You can do everything else at home. And so <laughs> I I mean this thing I would not want to try to cure a disease with this microscope. It is a piece <laughs> of shit. But as a, as an uh, initial diagnostic, not a bad place to start. Very very uh, industrious. In yeah. <laughs> so I mean at least I know that I don't know I don't know like what how. Uh, viable they are, but they're moving around and they're there. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> let's take a let's take a pee break. You want to do that? Yeah, uh, always. I really need to. It's like, <laughs> I mean, we've been recording. I was actually surprised that we've gone two hours and you haven't peed yet. So, yeah, I, uh, I I'm now so I need to pee. <laughs> if I know if we make it to where I have to pee, you really. Oh have to yeah. Pee. I, I'm doing okay, but I do need to go. So let's let's do right. that. Okay, I'm coming. And then we'll back. come back. We'll do a king corner, and then we'll wrap it up. I like it. I like it. Good work. work. Awesome. Hey, Palmer here. I just wanted to let you know that Dave and I are getting ready to start the book club reading of Stephen King's The Dead Zone, and we want you to join us. Uh, this is an audience participation opportunity, and the more interaction we get, the better the book club is going to be. Honestly, how you ask, can you participate with a podcast that's pre-recorded? All I can say right now is don't worry your pretty little head about that. Uh, we'll get that all figured out. Here's all you really need to worry about for the time being. First, keep listening to Long Walk Short Drink, which should be easy because we're sure you love it. I mean, this is the greatest podcast ever recorded, so it's a no-brainer. That is going to be the first place that you're going to hear any updates on the book club. Second, you should be following us on Twitter. Another no-brainer. Who doesn't want Long Walk Short Drink on their Twitter feed? You can find us there at LWSD Pod. We'll be sure to send out any important updates there as well. Third, you do need to procure a copy of The Dead Zone by Stephen King through any means necessary. Amazon, eBay, the library, your CD underground Stephen King book dealer because everybody has one of those. It doesn't matter if it's on a Kindle, a physical copy, or an audiobook, which, by the way, the audiobook's about to get re-released on audibles.com and it's going to be read by James Franco. I'm sure that's the way I'm going to listen to it. I think that's how Dave's probably going to go through it as well. Um, so you might want to check that out. Fourth, don't start reading it until we give out the first assignment. We'll do that when episode 22 launches on May 16th. 
The first discussion will be during episode 23, which will air on May 23rd, 2017. Remember, episode 23 on May 23rd is when it starts. We are planning on covering the book over four episodes, and then a fifth episode where we'll talk about the movie in the Revival television series. Until then, keep rocking, and don't take any shit from the machine. This machine just called me an asshole! Thanks for listening! Hold on, I don't get my ears on yet. A psycho wiener. That would be excessive. Um, I uh, brought out a a beer I still have left that I don't like. That's what happened. I, this surly. I usually drink surly furious, and that's a hoppy beer. And this one is extra citra pale ale. So I thought it was going to be like extra awesome. It's not. Yeah. And so, so all I do is th- in my mind, I just think like. Uh, I was going to say something like, oh, I brought out a beer I don't like. Didn't like it. <laughs> and there Didn't it last. Like <laughs> You're a little go. pitchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, I fucking love that song. <laughs> um, It is an amazing song. Is, I, is, the, is the new one, the, the, the Force Awakens one, a fun song or just kind of an amusing no, it's thing a, in general? Most of his videos are just uh, like footage. Uh, so he does I love his uh, bad he does bad lip reading of everything so like he does news bad lip reading he does uh, I love his NFL bad lip reading I've seen some of those yeah those are great oh man so 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 good Um, (laughs) but the the Force Awakens one is just scenes from the movie oh not actual music like Okay. It's no, there's no song. Cause I, I like that bushes of love a little bit too. The one where had it in the bushes of love for uh new hope. I think. Is that the one that Obi-Wan sings? I think so. Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen it very I much. I don't like it near as, as much as, you know, uh, seagulls, but <clears throat> he actually, I think though, Mark Hamill does some of the voices. Yeah, on the he does. Episode seven that's what one. I've heard. He does Harrison Ford, which he does that great oh. one on the Nerdist. Have you heard that? Yeah. Or did no, we just talk about no. it? It's excellent. I yeah, think just, it's very fun. And it's fun to hear him, you know, imitate Harrison Ford. I did see a great interview with, um, this is the last Star Wars thing, and then we got to do the King <laughs> Corner. A great interview with Mark Hamill uh, where somebody was talking to him about, um, do you feel, are were you disappointed that Luke did, wasn't there to try to save on solo and he's like oh, are you kidding me of course like they were they were best friends like for for his character not to be there for the death of his best friend like that's that's serious or yeah or to you help know? prevent it i mean that, that is help the prevent thing. it that, you know? i mean that's what in empire that's why luke didn't finish his training because he feared yep. on and leia were in danger yep and uh it uh he actually then go, goes to break down the entire scene on how he would have done it. And it's really, like, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not as extensive as like, you know, if I would have, if I would have been the director, this is how I would have done it. Oh, I thought it was it's like just, what he would have done as a character. He'd like fucking, I would have swooped in. I would like, Pip Dugan. That's what I want. It's, it's just what he envisioned for the death of Han Solo. Okay. Like, <laughs> having like, you know, Luke being there and, and Leia being there. And, uh, oh, it, wow. It, it was a good interview. If I can find that, I, 
I yeah. don't even know where to begin how to search where I ran across that to search for it. But it's if so I many, find it, I'll put yeah. it out. And then these I'll will be these there. maybe will go in your new uh your new tweet engine. I know we mentioned a lot yes. of things and tossed some well, of them up and, there. And sperm and I have two weeks for those <laughs> for the for Ash's episode to air. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to build all that by the time that we need to start tweeting this stuff out. So which will be awesome. It's um, nice to know that people are catching up. Like uh, oh, you know what? The, we don't need to do, do a full uh segment on it, but I do want to be sure to mention it because it is we do appreciate when people reach out. Um, oh yeah, there is. I mean, sometimes we get it privately from uh, folks we have come to know. Where's the tweets and replies? Sorry, you'd think I don't know how to use fucking Twitter. Uh, okay, here we go. So, um, we got from at uh, CP Stanley fifty two. Just finished this episode. He's referring to the women in film episode. Yep, and he's that was I don't know a little while ago. So. He's catching up, it sounds like. Just finished this yeah. episode, and it was fantastic. Well done. So that's nice. A dude applauding us for our women's episode. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. Uh, I will. Here's his name. I'll take it, too. And then he says, after that, side note, your theme song at the end is all sorts of amazing. That goes out to so, Moto. That's all all Moto right there. Yep. Um, And what what's funny is uh, he had been listening to the earlier episodes and it didn't pick up until i mean we were we were a good bit of episodes into the run before the theme song showed up oh that's and right yeah i forgot about that yeah when we talk so about he, its development yeah yeah and uh so he had done he had started listening to the earlier episodes and then his wife wanted to listen to um i'm probably totally breaking the spell that you're trying to create about the listener feedback by like Oh yeah, I oh. know who that is, and he gave me the no, whole no, story. No, no, it doesn't matter. I, some some uh, people we do know somehow, and I think most, but I I don't care. I mean, it's amazing to be able to interact with the people in our lives through something we made. You know, that's right. my dream. So so I don't care. <laughs> I, I I think it's great too to to have this extra knowledge. So so he wanted to listen uh, to one with his 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 partner. So they were they have to commute. Her family is. Uh, they live in Columbus and her family's from Youngstown. And so uh, they have a drive. That's a, that's a haul. That's about a three hour haul. And uh, (laughs) that's a, that's a long walk, short drink. That's a long walk, short drink. That's an episode of long walk, short drink. And that's exactly what, and what's funny was, is uh, (laughs) he's like, we just got to Youngstown and you guys finally started talking about women in film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no way come on i don't think they started listening right in columbus oh, like i think okay, they started okay. listening at some point during the drive <laughs> but he's like we we drove for like an hour and we were an hour into the episode and you just started talking about women in the film and i was like we live up to our namesake man what can i, I say it <laughs> like, is so perfect like how um, that worked so, out so <laughs> uh gives us all kinds of license <laughs> Uh, his wife wanted to jump to the women in film. She thought that would be a good one that she wanted to listen to on the ride. So uh, he skipped up to that. So it was a it was it was such a treat um, for him to because at first he was like, "Oh man, that theme song at the end that cracked me up. That I that was that fit so perfect." And I thought Moto had re-recorded a version of the theme song for the ending. 
Oh, like to make and it different somehow? To Like to make it fit for the women in film episode that I just didn't hear it when I listened to the episode. Because, you know, once it once it starts, uh, once it gets to the end and that starts playing and we do the sign off. And then that's usually when the like, yes, yes. Fucking show drink like that. That's you know? what you fucking do. You got to raise your fists and yeah. rock it out. Um, yeah. So like Harry Styles. Uh, <laughs> by the time that kicks in, like I'm usually like, okay. And uh, I thought, oh shit, if I miss that, like that's shitty that I didn't even comment that Moto like re-recorded this thing. And then it finally dawned on me that he just had never heard it before. Oh, that's uh, right. So yeah. it was totally new to him. Well, do you hear? Yeah, you should listen to the end because Moto always tosses something in there. After the after the um, after the song, there's oh there's yeah, five yeah, yeah. Different and I usually do. Next. It's just it's like when I hear the theme song, I still like I always hear. And this is funny that this is finally when it's catching up because I listen on Stitcher. Um, oh yeah, you, yeah, me too. You turned me on to Stitcher, and another friend of mine turned me on to Stitcher, and uh, I resuming episode like oh, yeah. that. Oh that, yeah. You do, know? You get, do you get ads sometimes for us? I'm not sure if you. I don't get ads for us. I yeah. get ads because I'm just listening. I'm I only listen to us. I don't listen to anything else. That but by the time our like th- it's based on the show now. So anyway, that's I'm the glad only, people don't get ads for us. <laughs> they shouldn't. Uh, the only time I uh, usually by the time I hear the theme song kicking, I'm like I'm listening at work. That's when I majority of the time when I'll listen. And so by the time the theme song kicks in at the end, I'm like tuned out and I don't realize it until like um, starting similar episode or similar <laughs> podcast or whatever she says. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, like it's over. So um, but I do usually hear those bumpers that Moto puts on. Moto, please keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but thank you. Thank you. CP Stanley 52 <laughs> yeah. for that. And or Stan um, the man. Does he say Stan, Stan the, the man? man? I don't know, yeah. but that's a great nickname. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know. I don't think I was going anywhere. I was getting ready to start the King Corner. Moto Roller. Oh, Let's yeah. Let's start the King Corner. Let's wrap this shit up. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. I spent a lot of time with Stephen King yesterday. Um, you did? Yeah, I worked... Uh, 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 doing what? Uh, just... <laughs> sorry, I had to go someplace with that. Just, just jerking off. <laughs> just, Do you uh, want a microscope to see if you have yeah. sperm? Oh, I'm sure. I was listening to Stephen King, uh, so yeah. I'm sure it was, like, loaded. But, Spermy? Oh, oh, God. But, uh... <laughs> oh, why? No... Okay. I have no line. I have no line. I have no line. I'm sorry. Um, what? Uh, oh no! But I was. Uh, I was finishing up. Uh, my my day job is not usually too deadline driven, but this time of year, at least his, the last few years, it has been. So I was. I was in this last stage where I was going through and color correcting things, and uh, I didn't have to listen to what was being said at all. And so I went back to our YouTube page. The the videos mentioned on the show playlist. And listen to the started with the conversation with um the writer of Game of Thrones. I'm, oh yeah, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, George R. R. Martin and Stephen King. Yes. And then I just kept listening to um these kinds of I, talks that he's given for hours on end. 
yeah. was really fun. And I got to know some uh, of his bits, like his go-tos. <laughs> yeah. One involving Springsteen, which is fun. But I learned also the where Richard Bachman came from. Have you heard that? Did he talk? No. Like, yeah. He, he like says the name itself out. or just like who the person, like where the, the he, idea for Bachman came the from? The name itself. Um, I'll have to go... Uh, Oh, I don't want to share another link because I can't think. I think it's like he wanted to use his father-in-law's name or something. There was a specific yeah. name he wanted to use that he couldn't for some reason. Cause, because someone had already traced the copyright, I think. Something like that. Oh, got it. And, okay. uh, and they're like, you got to change uh, change what it is. And he was reading a Richard Stark novel. I guess, uh-huh. and listening to Bachman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome! And what's what's funny too is in the in the Rage book, there is a thing where the character was reading a Richard Star- Stark novel. There was that thing about an author using a a pseudonym. I think Richard Stark uses a pseudonym, like he yeah. wrote a series of detective novels right. under a pseudonym. Isn't and that I, what it is? Something like, like that in the book too. Like, yeah. But I thought it was a commentary on him having ch- chosen this this other name for this other writer, you know, for this darker stories. But really what it was, was exactly what you said. He said this explicitly, that it was an economic thing and that it was, he was saturated, really? his publisher felt he was saturating the market. So they had to distinguish. And, um, but that's yeah. how he arrived with the name he said. So that was, that was very charming. But yeah, I, I've, I heard him talk tons yesterday. It was really fun. I was listening literally like I left work at midnight, I think. And Richard, uh, FYI, just to cut it, not to like cut you off, but just so we don't get too far before the geeks say, uh, actually, Richard Stark was the pseudonym of Donald (laughs) E. Westlake. Um, oh, I was hoping you found what what name he wanted to he wanted to use. No, uh, I I I have that, I'll I'll share it with you. Maybe it's the origin. So, the the George R.R. Martin interview. The only piece of that I saw was the how the fuck do you write so fast? Oh, that's the very, very end, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was and, six pages at that point instead of the 10 he talks about. Oh, really? I, and six uh, pages a day. well, maybe I just misquoted him. I I, I am wrong. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Because I that's completely right. Because uh, I listened on writing recently and it's it used to be 10 pages. I'm pretty sure. Um, and now it's. And by that point, more recently, it was six. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm right all the time, and I'm wrong a lot of the time. I just happen to be right a lot with you. <laughs> I am wrong a lot of the time. I have no problems admitting when I'm wrong. <laughs> Don't air our shit on my podcast. Um, Outstanding. Yeah, it's uh, Ash, everybody. Yeah, Peter Gallery. Peter fucking Gallery. Shut up. She's like, I fucking own your podcast. It's my yeah. podcast now. She's like, and your dick wouldn't have dropped off in the twenties because you were saving it for me, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I did find um, where he says what the name is. Let me just moto cut this out real quick, but I'll be able to tell you in, in a the second. door. I don't think she's really mad. Can you text Ash and butter up to her? <laughs> That's my fucking wife. Can you flirt with her so she's not mad at me? That's my girl. I'll touch her again. Makes me like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, my husband has low sperm count. Let's do this. <laughs> but I don't. I have video proof that I don't. Um, oh, man. So let me tell you who uh, the, what the name is here. Hold on just a second. I'll be okay, able to tell yeah, you in like less than 30 seconds. I'm going to shut up. Uh, yeah. um, I have to listen. Paperback sorry. novel um, by Richard Stark. 
and Bachman Turner Overdrive. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Pretty good. So they sorry. I, name Guy Pillsbury. Guy Pillsbury. Guy Pillsbury was going to be the name that he was going to use for a pseudonym and couldn't. And then his Guy publisher called. I think I have heard that before, actually. And I just didn't I'm want to keep so, you waiting too much, but that did. He did say what it was, and I feel like maybe it was father's father in last name or something. And I. Uh, I'm so glad because Guy Pillsbury sounds so much worse than Richard Richard Bachman. There's something about that name that's just like it is shrouded. That name to me sounds shrouded in mystery. Oh yeah, some names are just like I. Um, most of the music I've made and record has been with friends, like and family. Moto has yeah. recorded most of it, but one time, well, I guess one of two times, I went to a uh, uh, an actual like professional studio that i had to pay for the time they had tape yeah. we recorded the tape but the engineer's name was jake fader oh how fucking God. awesome is that and that's his real yeah. fucking name <laughs> that's his real name yeah like some people Shit. just have like really kind of cool sounding names that f suit their profession and richard bachman is an author's name if I've ever heard one but it's so fun well, funny that it came about in such a happenstance kind of way you know richard stark bachman turner overdrive I, one, it's very rewarding that Wikipedia, see, and again, because I'm like, Wikipedia, you got to take it with a grain of salt, <laughs> but more times than not, like, it's so accurate. Um, and some of those pages, like the fans of those page, like, this is, again, one of my favorite things about the internet is that there are fans of Wikipedia pages, not, I mean, of course, they're fans what that page is about, but like, they... It's like gang territory. Like they fight over the um, edits that happen to that page and what's supposed to happen. And that, I mean, what what benefit do th those people gain nothing from fighting that fight other than making sure that we have valuable information? And probably just so their the own edification. Like I, I'm, I just have enough going on in life that I don't moderate the JCVD Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, but it's, they uh, use me. I'm, I'm so, that's so awesome that you actually heard it coming out of his mouth that it was an economic decision. Uh, yeah, it was great. I, I, um, I recommend that it. pisses if, me off because the intro, I swear the intro to, uh, they re-release some of the Bachman books and he read like those audiobooks are great because it's Stephen King reading the, um, author's introduction oh, and then a different nice. reader reading the oh, rest I love of the that. book, you know, like. But he's there for like the preface and the and the postscript of the book where yeah. he's like reading those pieces. I got that and, for Salem's Lot, I think. That's really yeah, fun when that happens. And he he Maybe does here. this beautiful intro and it's the same thing. It's the same thing that's on all of the original Bachman books. And I think they re-released those on audio around the time that like Desperation came out because that one's also a Bachman book. That's where... That's, that's that where he combo came up one with the jackets, right? The yeah, the and that's jackets. the one where he came up with this idea that his wife stumbled upon a pile of manuscripts, and that <laughs> yes. was the one that was on top. And they got rougher, like, and he talks about how they these manuscripts are going to get rougher and rougher as she keeps going down the pile. So this one was on top. So this was the closest thing to a polished book that he had left behind. Oh, you know, oh man, that's so but like, he, rich. <laughs> he gives this like really romantic intro where it's just like i i like the idea that it was richard bachman is what he needed to be able to tell the stories that stephen king couldn't tell i really like i don't know where i 
I swear I heard that in some kind of intro that he reads to one of the Bachman books. And it may like rage. I got to thinking about this when I thought about it, when I was listening to the current episode, 18 B, which if you haven't listened to that yet, be sure you listen to that. Cause that that's the follow up to the Epic four hour long recording. Dave and I did. That's great. Uh, but, um, in, in that, when we were talking about rage, cause rage is the first Bachman book, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I could see if at that point, like Carrie Salem's lot, a couple other ones came out, but I could see Uh, 77. I I, would that have been, when did the shining come out? Oh shit. 70. I don't know. No. Cause I think the stand came out like 78. Um, so I think the shining would have been around. So maybe my whole thing is like, I'm still a supercomputer. I'm still um, close enough to my teaching career that I'm hesitant of like this podcast um, falling on the wrong ears and ruining my teaching career. Hmm. Right. Um, And if you're going to write a novel about a school shooting and you're a teacher that get that's your main bread and butter, you had a fluke on a couple books. Oh yeah. Happened to sell and get published. You don't want to burn the bridge, though, of being able to go back to teaching if this author thing falls short. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I could if your first if your book that you're about to publish is about a school shooting, I could easily see, you know what? I don't know if I want to put my name on this yet. And that I'm sure I mean, that was far enough away from him that my name, you know, I this is total speculation. No, though. I mean, uh, so. Carrie was published in uh, 74, Salem's Lot 75, Rage 76, but also in 76 was The Shining. And then the Okay. So I I you know, he's he is as you say, he's not that far removed from it cuz he was teaching right. when Carrie uh, came and, out. But right? in all fairness though, like to counteract my theory, Carrie is about a glory I mean essentially about a school shooting that's not a shooting. Yeah, in a way, yeah. And he was a and he was a teacher in that. So was, someone asked him about about those, and I think that's how the Bachman thing came up to some extent, because uh, he takes some audience questions in some of these. There's tons of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna keep listening. I really enjoyed them. Um, cause it's like a lot of things where if you hear a same person talk a lot, they have their kind of go to bits, whether they're a comic yeah. or whatever. Like it's there's these things. Oh, Kevin that have Smith, happened. like Kevin, like you see one Kevin Smith like talking. Like engagement, yeah. and I like, feel like to some extent, one a year is good for the information in his life. But at the same time, he shares everything. So, like, but right. I, but that's a good example right. of one where like I know everything. But I feel like I'm starting to get some of Stephen King's bits. But at the yeah. same time, there's these like little things that slip out. Like, oh shit, that's where like that's where Richard Bachman came from. But that's someone awesome. was asking him about those two uh, books, and he says it was a combination of his experience remembering certain students as a at, when he was a student that mm-hmm. were treated poorly and he's like one of them went on to to kill themselves and it's like that that's where Carrie comes from. Yep. He didn't say where rage came from exactly, but he also said that when he came to write Carrie, it was a combination of remembering that then finding himself on the other side of the equation as a teacher and and observing the students and then hearing a an article about telekinesis and how it's very likely to or how at the time it's you know it seemed like a a possible vessel for it would be teenage girls. He's like, so I took those three things and there's Carrie. 
but right. Um, but yeah, you're right. He was, he's pretty near to all of it. You know what I would say too, though, is that I think it's probably both. I think it happened in an economic way initially. And then once he knew that that was how the, the flow uh, of his kind of creative work could be channeled into that. So it's like, I can just keep working. But right. if it's too much for this one thing, because I'm sure, I don't know, how, I don't know how it works. I mean, I, I can only speak from writing songs. I always think about uh, albums. When I if I get like three songs, I don't think EP, motherfucking right. EP. Like I always think towards an album, and right. so then I'll right. start to feel kind of, you start to feel out themes and stuff, and then you're like working you know, working with, with, with these ideas that are developing in the, with the, the intention that they'll go to this larger work. So I wonder if it's like that for, for novels. I'm, I'm right now too, I'm going through the boss's uh, career and the darkness on the edge of town special edition comes yeah. with this notebook that is literally an incredible replica of an actual like five subject notebook of his yeah. that involves then like the various discs and stuff that you can pull out. But like I, I'm reading through it and it's so interesting, especially as a lyricist and a songwriter to see like how these things evolve. And there's, there right. is, there's a lot of like mix and match from what ended up in one song and what fell into another and title possibilities. And a lot of stuff that's like kind of doesn't work, but you can see the diamonds in the rough that evolve into like the thing that, 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 that works. So I wonder if as, as a novelist, that works at the prolific level that he does. If he's got like these little things where it's like, well, this can go with this project. Like in one of these talks I read or listened to, sorry, he, he read a piece, a short story that I can only imagine went on to be more than a short story. You know what I mean? Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. I wish yeah. I remember which one it was. Um, a lot of it was centering around the, that trilogy he had that, ent- that ended recently. Uh, yeah, that I haven't even begun that yet. Yeah, um, and I'm definitely intrigued by now because I've heard him talk about it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I haven't been listening to uh, to Stephen King or reading it though. I do have the Dead Zone next to me, and what I not to derail anything you you want to get into, but I I gotta know when can I dig into this bad boy? I actually, uh, that's a great, you know, excellent segue. So we originally. So the book club, which, and we'll probably wrap on this. Um, the book club originally was envisioned for the dead zone. Cause that was the next in your chronology for mine. Yeah. And then, uh, then we, I wanted to switch it to it because the movie's coming out and you need, I'm, I'm just assumed. And I'm in based on your reactions. I think I assumed correctly that you're going to want to read the book before you see the movie. And you're not you know, going to want to. I don't even know. Like I, I'm open to. I'm I'm, I'm open. <laughs> so, okay, I'll say well, that's fair. And but that's I am, totally fair. But I'm eager just to get back into listening to some stories because I haven't been. Yeah, and um, uh, missing. But it. as far as the dead zone goes, so we are planning on starting that book club on May 23rd. Um, you're going to be hearing this episode on May the second. Right now, so uh, the, at least this is when this episode drops. That doesn't necessarily mean when you're listening to it. So May the 2nd, 2017 is when this episode will launch. And then we're going to have two more weeks after that where we're going to keep promoting the book club. And then on May 23rd will be the first 
we will give the the first assignment for the book club probably for the episode that will air that will first launch on May 16th. And then on May 23rd, um, our King Corner will kind of... I would assume, too, that our book club would take the place of King Corner. Do you feel that way? Yeah, and I think to some extent, like, maybe they can share the title. Like somehow that's not a... I didn't find... There are, like, Stephen King podcasts and all that stuff, and I haven't oh, yeah. casually encountered something called the King Corner. So it's just as a way of categorizing things and that no one else is using. Maybe we can... I don't know. Well, I, we can... Could you mention, like, possibly extending it to books beyond Stephen King? So... We'll just see how that. Yeah, evolves. we could do. We'll we'll see how that happens. Um, but I'm okay. Like then, uh, the last episode with Ash, we talked about going back to the dead zone. So, uh, today, actually, on my commute to work, I realized that we need to start. I like we should be ahead of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my plan is, I am. I started today listening to the dead zone, on audio. And I should be getting my hard copy sometime this week. Oh, nice! So I'm. You have yeah, to share I'm, that haul you got with the. Where did that come from? The the pack of them was it an eBay thing? Uh, so my copy of the Dead Zone I got on Half.com, but that eBay thing uh, was. Yes, that was eBay. That, I'm trying. I was trying to find a, a copy of it because I wanted Ash to read it because it's amazing. Um, and I think it's a good. It's a good balance between, you know, it's not a horror movie. It's a horror book. Uh, and it's just fan, it, fantastic. And so I wanted a copy of it. And ever since that trailer dropped, and, I'm, and I know you've run into this too, because you sent me a couple screenshots of auctions you were working on. Yeah, I wasn't very um, aggressive and, and I missed out. Yeah, I, I, uh, I happened to stumble upon a collection of 10 Stephen King period accurate hardcovers um and i won that auction yeah and it was one of the ones in there actually there's it's a great collection there's a fantastic <laughs> there's a yeah. fantastic variety in there fire starter is in there that's that's after uh, the dead zone you know what's yeah a, a nice little the, the, um I, I want you to get back to that but i don't want to forget to say this too i i can't say enough about motherfucking shout factory as a distributor they oh, yeah. are so incredible like and they're right in line with this kind of thing too, where it's like they're putting out special editions a lot of these Stephen King movies on oh, Blu-ray with all awesome. these new like Firestarter is new for them. I'm like, Firestarter yeah. is about to be new for me. <laughs> Just like Yeah, yeah. And what's great is is I think that he it that I haven't gotten to it yet, but there's a sequel to Firestarter. Like one of his hmm. one of his books. So that he uh, wrote the Yeah. The um oh. Yeah, he revisited that that thing, that story. Um, or I heard he was going, maybe it, it hasn't come out yet. I know there's a sequel to Firestarter somewhere floating around in the ethos. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it, uh, what was it? Where were we? Oh, you were starting to lay out how the book club's going to go, which I, I like everyone <laughs> I'm eager to know. Like, what do I do? How, um, do, I, so, how do I get involved? So <laughs> Dave, start? you... Start reading that book now because we should be ahead of the game. My game plan is I want to go through the audio and then, and then start dissecting the book. So we'll probably break. Um, I would think four episodes would probably be enough to do that book justice. Okay. How, Um, and then how are you thinking about like kind of breaking it, breaking it up to where people can follow along? 
let's just I've never break, been in a book club before, so I don't know how, how I, the, I, traditionally I'm assuming, done. Well, neither have I, so I'm I, I'm probably doing it all wrong. We are the grown-ups. We can do we whatever, do whatever the, fuck the fuck we, we want. want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to take... I say once I get my book, I'm going to split it into... I'm going to split it roughly into four pieces. And I don't know if those four pieces are just going to be like a quarter of the book, a quarter of the book, quarter of the book, quarter of the book. I'll probably do it. Uh, I mean, even so far, just today, in the three hours that I've listened to the audiobook, that's a drive to Columbus and a drive back from Columbus. Um, there's already been three distinct time periods in the story. Mm. Uh, so um, that might be some ways to split them up. Uh, there might be, I, I, I'll, once I get my text copy, it's hard to do that kind of planning with an audiobook that's on an ipod yeah because uh, you're just you're just a passenger at that point that's right when yeah, you have the physical literally. text <laughs> yeah uh when you have the physical book like you can you are the driver you get to maintain the pace and all that stuff so but once i get my physical copy that's when i'll be able to break down like the actual how this is going to go but essentially it's going to be like on the 16th we'll give the first assignment and then you'll have until the 23rd when that episode airs um to to have that 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 piece read um well i guess we would be recording it sooner i don't know we'll figure it out yeah that's i was I getting know. a little lost too i was i was wondering uh how to make it work to where it can feel like something people can participate in and are involved in but the time shift isn't too much of a disruptor yeah i almost wonder um, um if what you're at that YouTube live thing, that would be cool too. I wonder if it if it's if we can lean on this whole thing of my ignorance of the Stephen King universe uh, and your knowledge, so that you can that I can kind of be a proxy for people who are wanting to follow along at whatever pace they encounter things. You know what I mean? So if like yeah, if you do listen to the show, but you listen in order. And you come upon it like six months later, you could still somehow follow along because maybe you follow along through my, like I'm, I'm the Luke Skywalker. I'm the guy through which you experience this new world. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like the Ben Kenobi who's all knowing and, and sort of doles out information only as is, as I'm ready to hear it, (laughs) you know? And then maybe um, once I finished it, we do a, a full you know, a full just episode on the show. Like, so like maybe things are only teased along the way. I don't know. I'm just thinking aloud. I do love um, the shows where we dedicate it to a whole thing because uh, a whole, whether it's a whole book or a whole movie, because fans yeah. of that as a fan, I love the idea that I could go out and listen to a podcast. It's all about rage. You know? So you're thinking like we would say, okay, on this, we're on the 23rd is going to be our dead zone episode. And sometime between now and then, we're going to have just a con- we're just going to devote an entire episode to the dead zone, like to a conversation of the dead zone. I mean, I and think that, we were- yeah, like that's how it could end up so that it could be a kind of place to go for people who have already read it or, um, you know, because we don't have, have that many like listeners that would follow along week to week or be able to yeah. keep pace with us. You know, if you just figure even our own podcast is three hours. So if whether they're right. reading or listening, that ends up being. Right. Slightly tricky, um, but it's not impossible. It's not like someone wouldn't do it. But I'm wondering if there's a way that um, I could be intentional, like I could be the person to follow the schedule that yeah. someone could choose to yeah. follow along with me. 
Uh, that's true. Um, well, I mean, if that's the case, then I'm 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 listening to the audiobook right now to just refresh my memory on it. Because uh, I know I'm not going to have if I want this to come off. I'm a very slow reader. Uh, I'm. I did not. Uh, my reading education did not do sight words. I, I mean, there were sight words in there, but uh, I have to read every word. I have to sound like basically say every word in my head. When what I sight words? I might be on the same boat. I, I would categorize myself as a slow reader, also. I can have no um, distractions at all. Yeah, I can't have any distractions, and I can't. And and most people when they read, they're just going over like their their brain can like see they can see pieces of the words and know what the word is, and then they don't waste time on that. Like Ooh. I literally have to run my eyes over every letter and like read the word in my I have to hear the word in my head. That's why audiobooks work for me. Because yeah, I'm really <laughs> reading out loud to myself in my head. And I've talked to other people and please chime in if you like audience members, like when you read, be intentional and read a passage of a book and see what happens while like, how are you absorbing that material? Because I've had people tell me they don't hear the words. They see the images that the words give. Oh my! I've had people, you know, and like all of this stuff sounds alien to me because when I'm read a book like this, uh, this, this thing right here says. This is all notes, notes from the last episode that we recorded oh. sitting right here. And it says segments slash bits. I, I have to read the word segments. And, he, and when I read that, I hear the word segments in my head. Like I was listening to a recording of somebody saying the word segment. I think I do that um, too. I, I, I have to, I'm, I fall prey to that thing where you, you find that you're, you know, you've been looking at a page for a while, but like, oh shit. I, I just read some. that paragraph like 17 times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do that. Um, I do where like, I'll, uh, do you do this where you realize you read 10 pages and you couldn't, you couldn't, you know your eyes looked at every word over those 10 pages, but you couldn't tell what one of those words were. Yeah, that definitely happens. That's like, the audiobooks are made for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that drives me nuts. Yeah. Where it's like, I can remember physically looking at every word. I can remember physically turning the pages, but then there's a point where I come back and I'm like, I didn't read. I didn't hear one word of those. Like I looked at the each one, but I didn't hear it. And so therefore I didn't get it. And then I, hmm. and then it's like, I have to go back and like find where the last thing I remember, you know, Oh, that pisses me off. <laughs> it, it, I'm just like a really meticulous reader and it, it is frustrating. So I'm about, um, to, uh, you know, uh, in a couple of days from when we're recording this, I'll be having a surgery and, and plan to have a week at home uh, during which to recover to where I might actually be able to, you know, I have the audio recording that you helped me get a hold of, but I might actually be able to read some of this in the, on the page, which is exciting. Also, by the time this comes out, uh, the the uh, the new audio edition will be available. I'm curious who's narrating that. I wonder if I can find out. Um, yeah, because that is one thing I can say is I hope it is a new new audio edition and not just they finally procured the rights, like Audible got the rights. To I the think it's new because I could because... not find it anywhere. I couldn't find it on iTunes, Amazon, library system. I wasn't uh. coming up with anything. Because the narrator the, for the uh, version that uh, 
I shared is absolutely Oh my god, hold on a second. <gasps> You're never going to guess who's narrating this, but there's no way I'm not listening to this version. It's James fucking Franco. Are you serious? I just watched 27 127 hours like 3 days ago. What'd you think I, of it? I, oh, I fucking loved it. Of course. Yeah. It's um, so good. Oh my god. It comes out on April 25th. Shit. I'm going to have to That's going to have to happen. Oh my god. That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh. It, you know what's funny is like cuz James Franco plays the main character in the Hulu adaptation of 112263. Is that have uh, a connection to the Dead Zone? No, it has a connection to Stephen King. Well, yeah. 112263 <laughs> is Stephen King's novel about uh, the Kennedy assassination. Oh, I didn't know that. But but there and is so, a kind of a political connection in the Dead Zone, right? The, I mean, in terms of, doesn't the Dead Zone have a political backdrop? It does, but it's all fictitious. Oh, okay. Um, he actually has in the author's note that it, it might resemble people from the 70s, but it doesn't. He, he was doesn't just, even say the 70s. He, he just refers just to the, saying, the decade that the book came out. He's like somebody in the last, like this, that are characters in this book that probably resemble people from the last decade, but they aren't, they aren't necessarily based entirely on them. So when one of these talks that I just listened to from, I think 2016 in November, he's like, I predicted Donald Trump in the dead zone. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh. See me by that. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Uh, when you get to read it, you'll find out. So, um, I really envision the, the, and maybe these next four weeks as we're building up to the, the, um, the book club, uh, it, it can be organic, just like everything else that we're hashing out the details. But I think if you're reading the book and I'm reading the book between the two of us, we can probably come up with some good discussion points. Um, yeah, I'm going to be 100% honest. My entire take on a book club is based on the one scene in lost <laughs> that has to do with a book club and also the club the book that they are debating is a Stephen King book in that which scene. one was it do you remember Carrie it's the nice. it's Carrie uh cuz they're um you know to spoil lost for anybody that hasn't watched it uh you know the dharma was a, like they they the others killed all the dharma initiative in the 70s and so like carry like i must like it's a period piece so that i i bet i'm willing to bet that carry was brand new at the time when yeah. it came to the island yeah but it happened to be one of the only books that would happen to be there that they could have a book club about right and so that there were enough co copies like it's a bestseller in the 70s and so that would mean that there would be multiple copies because multiple people brought that book to the island to read right? right yeah and so it's like one of the few books that they could have a book club on uh and so uh but in that it's just basically Here's what we're going to talk about next week here. So this is what I'm thinking. So let's, we'll do this organically and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Oh, uh, you know like what? We'll, I know, uh, the little tidbit from one of those talks I don't want to forget to tell you is that uh, just in case 
you hadn't heard it before. He talks about the Dark Tower series. Somebody asked yeah. about it. He yeah. said that the first few were completely unedited or like by an editor or they're just, they were not. So he was going back at a certain point and fixing them. Had you ever heard that kind of thing? Like, is that he, um, he did a revised and updated version of the first dark tower book. Yeah. He said it was basically that, like just completely unedited. And, uh, I thought that was well, the strange. first one, the very first one he released as a serial in, yeah, uh, that's what he was sci-fi monthly or whatever, right. science fiction, whatever. Uh, you can actually get those are like really hard to find. But if you can find a set of the like sci-fi monthly magazine or whatever, that that anthology magazine that he released the the gunslinger in, those are really treasured. Like those are very sought after. Oh, There's cool. like like six or eight issues of that magazine across two or three years that he released. Like the pieces of the first dark tower book, the gunslinger book in there. And those are, those are really, you can find those sets, the sets of those magazines on eBay that, so you can see the original version, but that, uh, yeah, I totally get that. Oh, cool. Um, That's and it makes of- sense why there's two versions of the gunslinger. Cause uh, the original release was the, the guy who published that science fiction anthology was like, we should do a short run of the gunslinger book mm. and like, just put all of them together and just do a short run of that. So they, they, they printed like 1200 copies and they sold oh, out really Stephen quick. King book. Like in what year? <laughs> this is all, but this is all like right around Carrie. Like oh, all really? of this is happening. Yeah. I mean, this is happening like very, oh. very, very early in his career. And, he also, I also found out one of those talks that, the your favorite Bachman book, The Long Walk, he wrote as a teenager and just had lying really? around. Really, he just kind of threw that off to the side. Yeah, and that, I that I is so my wish favorite Bachman could, book. I wish we could adapt that. I mean, how perfect is that? Long the yeah. Long Walk, the Long Walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, wait anyway, till you read sorry. The Long Walk because I don't think you'll want to adapt it okay. uh, after you read it. it it's very um, actually. We could adapt that and it would probably be a blockbuster because it's very <laughs> it's relevant now because it's very Game of Thrones. It's, oh, it's really it, it's it it has the same feeling of like Game of Thrones. Not guess- Game of Thrones, Jesus. Uh why am I having trouble with this? Um three words? Mocking no mocking Jay and <laughs> oh, like uh, Hunger Games. Fire Hunger Games. Oh, the um yeah the the things that are are available for uh, optioning for dollar babies are very limited so yeah um and long walk isn't one of them I'm no sure. but one for the road is seems a doable thing for us if that's yeah a, a direction we want to go anyway so i i want to forget to tell you that because uh there's so many talks of his online and i'm not even sure which one that was well from, one so. thing i want i'm going to make sure i touch on too is because i um now that i'm thinking about it was the because we already brought up rage again and I thought of this in my time. So I listened to 18B today, and that's where I talk about rage and how uh, he was trying to give a voice to the teenagers that he's teaching, you know, because it was like, oh, yeah, he, he's teaching kids in the 70s. And essentially, they're just like going through high school and graduating, going to Vietnam and dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in the dead zone, it's funny. Because there is a a line that almost confirms that, where it was just like, it's in reference, like, so one of the characters eats a hot dog and it makes them sick because it's a bad hot dog. And so then the, they use that as a comparison that, like, 
all these teenagers in the 70s ate a bunch of bad hot dogs called Vietnam. And they were fed to him by by a guy named Johnson. And then a new guy came along. And the new guy was like, I know exactly how we can make you feel better after eating all those bad hot dogs. And it's more hot dogs. And that guy's name was Nixon. And like, and that's a set, like I'm paraphrasing it, but that's essentially the blurb. And it like, he, man, he's so political and he does not let go of his grudges. Like he, he really, his themes, when he is passionate about something, it will be in multiple books. Um, I really feel like the, the, some of the, that sentiment is a spillover from rage. Uh, so yeah. Um, I was thinking about what you were talking about, about the gunslinger and the, and the way that that came out in magazines and trying to equate it to this, this book club in the age of podcasts, you know, cause yeah. if you're in a real book club, you have to meet physically and there, there is a kind of element of time, you know, right. that you cannot shift. Uh, like like you can with podcasts, so uh, so that'll be a unique ch- challenge. Like organically, how can we make it seem like this thing you can follow along? Um, yeah, but also binge if you want, or just yeah. bypass because you've already read that book. Well, and I think um, I really like the idea of saying we're going to talk about this section of the book. Oh on yeah, the, like yeah. on this day, and we're going to talk about this section of the book in the episode after that, and the next section of the book on the episode after that. Yeah, that's good. So it kind of it kind of like gives them a week to say, okay, I have a week to read this quarter roughly of the book, mm-hmm. which is do- which is doable. You know, you can listen to our conversation because uh, by the time our conversation comes out about a section of the book, they should have already read it because it was assigned to them. So they'll hear our conversation about that section, and then they'll be able to interact with us on Twitter or YouTube. Sure. About yeah that section that they just read. But in the meantime, we'll all like at the end of that recording where we talk about that section, we'll say, okay, next week we're going to talk about this section. Right. So yeah. make sure between now and then you read that section and then we'll come on and do that. And then we'll be able to harken back. Okay. You know, last week when we were talking about this, maybe we'll start each book club with any of the reactions that we got about that last week. You know, oh, so that sure. we can address yeah. those or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, now let's move on to this week's section. Like, um, and the reason I'm trying to be ahead is I I I've searched, I've tried to find like discussion questions on the dead zone. Uh there's plenty of discussion questions on some of his bigger pieces, but not I uh, not any that I've ran across yet on the dead zone. So one of the reasons why I'm trying to be ahead of the game is so that I can find good conversation pieces about the sections that we split up. So sure. Yeah. So if like, what are the good, what are good conversation questions to consider while you read the first quarter of the book? What are some good things to, it's like an English class, right? Like, yeah, that's really what a book club is, is to make you more literate, right? Like more like to analyze a story and dissect it and, and yeah. discuss your opinions and your interpretations of that story, hear other interpretations and opinions about that story so that you're not just reading it for the surface, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're actually, you're pulling the author's intentions. You're pulling your own reactions. You're pulling the, the, the word that is written on the page. And you're co- talking about all of those three pieces 
in conjunction and how that's really what a story is, right? Like it's those three pieces together. Like what did the author mean? The person telling the story, what was their intention? That's not explicit. What is the explicit things that are being said? And then what's your reaction to that? All of those things make up a story. Whether yeah, you think yeah, like, you people's know. experience of them, yeah, I and think, I, and I think I well, just, no trouble and, with that based on yeah, my experience of talking about things with you in the past. Yeah, exactly, and I and that's just what I picture a book club being is like let's let's intentionally acknowledge those three things. Uh, oh, what, that's perfect. Yeah, See? Like, organic. What, it was yeah. What was the first one? The author's intention. What was the author's intention? Like, what's what's the what are the themes that they're going for? Like, what's the subversive meaning of this? Yeah, right. What's the literal what's meaning? Your react- what's your be- Oh, the literal meaning, and yeah. Like, what's happening? What's being said? Like, what's the actual text say? And then what's your reaction to those things? Oh, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, I mean, it'll be a little more formal where it's like, you know, and in this chapter, King talks about that, like, this happens. Um, what do you think? What do you think King's intentions were? Or uh, when this you know, when the character says this, like what, I don't know. That's why I need to get the book so I can like start dissecting that. But I really think it's those three things. Like, yeah, we should discuss like what his intentions were, like what's his subversive meaning, what's the explicit meaning, and then what's your reaction to this. Um, And and I I think because it's my first time through these, I I always, I was an English major for a while. And then I just got, at a certain point, I had to, decide like am i going to do something with this career right because uh, i was just using it as a guide through uh what i thought to be a better guide through good books because left to my own devices i just read about eddie vetter and bono right <laughs> right but um but then i realized like i don't really care about the, a lot of what i was you know i had uh these two professors i had one it was so funny because they were these two thin um they were like this, uh, a sort of a mirror image of each other in a way one was tall i think they were both i don't know white i guess one of them was blonde so definitely white uh the other one had dark hair uh but they they were like they were good friends in in the in uh in the kent state english department and uh but they taught and i had them at the same time and they could talk completely differently one of them wow. was all about the forms. Like you're going to fit things into like a feminist perspective or a postmodern perspective. Like you're going to pick a, a way of looking at a text and use that, um, that lens to examine it very intentionally based right. on the thing that you pick. And then the other was very free form. And she, I had a, I had a, I went to a lot of community colleges before arriving at Kent state and, uh, uh, and you get some great teachers at at community college because they're there for sort of different sure. reasons, and so are the students. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of that. And one of my favorite compliments anyone has ever given me was from an uh, an English class at a community college in North Carolina, where this professor called me intellectually agile, which just strokes wow. my ego in every yeah. possible way. A, I can't. I love alliteration, and basically she called me smart, so she's my favorite professor. Yeah. Ever. Uh, but I, and so I'm like walking around thinking of myself as such, but I'm working factory, <laughs> working at a factory 12 hours a night, sleeping for like a half an hour and then going to college, uh, at like 26 <laughs> and, uh, oh, and, and then I'm, I have these two professors that want very different things 
And and so I found myself going to their office hours and trying to understand better so I could get better grades on their papers. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. It literally comes down to like their personalities, how well I do in this class. And that's kind of what this discipline can be. It's like, I don't care about... And I had great conversations with them both. It's like, I don't care about this stuff. Like, all I really care about as a creative person is what... I just I like the biographical thing. I like figuring out how does this thing thing come from this person? How does it relate to their life and how they feel about it? So that right. that so this idea of that element of our discussion really appeals to me. But what's interesting is I'm the guy that won't have read the story yet. So my inclination would be to find that stuff out, but I wouldn't do it till I'd finished. So you yeah. could have that information to kind of dole out. Or ask right. me what I think when you actually know the answer. <laughs> right. That could oh, be, that's, that could be that's interesting. A good, that's a good thing. I mean, if if I and I, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking of it, I think those three themes in, in the natural progression. I put them out of order. I guess the natural progression would be. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So sorry. <laughs> what is the? What's the? What are the explicit words on the page? What do you think the intentions were with those words? And then how does that make you feel? Like, Mm -hmm. I think if we just stick to like those three things are enough that we could fill an episode, but we're really just trying to fill like a bit, right? Like a segment with that. So, um, I think if we just focus on those three things and say, this is the assignment that we're going to talk about next week. And then we'll just, those will be our three guiding questions. But I like how you're saying we're like, I'll I'll have figured out some of that information prior about that section. Yeah. And use that to guide the conversation. So, That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so, we're so don't talking, read it. You can't read it. You can't read yeah, it until I'll just, I'll just wait. Yeah, you can't you can't start the dead zone until next week is Ash. This comes out on the second. Uh the sixteenth. Uh yes, I think that's when the ass- right. And the next time we talk, you could dole out the assignment, right? No, no. Oh. Two times from Don't two think. recording sessions from now is when I'll is when I'll assign it, and that's when. Like oh, wow. okay. so, so two recording sessions from now is when we would be recording the sixteenth episode because we're recording the episode for the second May the second right now. And then two more episodes from that is when we're still going to promote the, the 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 thing. And then on the 16th is when we'll give the first assignment. And I'll figure out how... how so I'm thinking four to six episodes will probably split this up because I want to really make sure we're giving it its justice. That's also the point of a book club is regardless of the length of the book, you're talking like you're going to meet over the course of a month or two about that book. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you should really know the ins and outs of this assignment. Like you should probably read it, take notes, and read it again. You know. Oh like, my, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just so you know it inside and out. So there's like, um, and that and that's the explicit piece. And I think when you, um, the you know you go through it a couple times, you're gonna get that that implicit piece, and then. Uh, definitely by the time we're talking to it, that's when you should be able to articulate your reaction piece to it. So those are the three themes. Explicit, implicit reaction. Nice. Uh, That sounds very rewarding. Yeah. (laughs) I think we should cut ourselves some slack in case uh, 
I think that's a great intention. But I feel like if if we're if, if at some point we're like, ugh, <laughs> you know, I'm having trouble keeping up, or like I don't have the proper thing to be like, how how far right. are you, and how do you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, it might devolve oh, no. into that. I'm sure that's what I, it'll end up I becoming. Like but like, I like the intentions. Oh yeah, and I, I'm, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna honor them. I got yeah. a book called Designing Your Life, <laughs> so I'll read that <laughs> instead. <laughs> you could start it. Start it. Go get oh, it. Oh man, what? <laughs> you you have hmm. to read it. It's so good. But, wait, but this that um, comes out in what? Uh, when does that movie September. come out? September. September. So okay. The first Dark Tower book comes out in August, or the hmm. first Dark Tower movie comes out in August, and then it comes out in September. <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. Now I am telling you right now, you don't have to read the Dark Tower series to watch that movie. Yeah, that, not, that's, that's how all. Cool. I think I'm gonna have to just. That's go with all that. I'm going to say. Because if I have to say any more, it ends up spoiling stuff. So just know that what I mean, of course, it would enrich the movie going experience. But I think it might also like cause you to be like, that's not how the book went. Yeah. Um, so right. um, just that one you don't have to worry about. And there's a reason like it's all been confirmed that there's a reason why you don't have to worry about the discrepancies. In those. So. Uh, but it, I don't know. I I am still. Well, there's a. Oh, so I've mentioned it a couple times. Crack.com is a great website. They have an article, a couple. I, I think that this might be a, a, a repeating thing, but I know there's an article about um, movies or scenes from books that are unfilmable. Mm. And there's a scene from it, like it makes that list. And there is a scene in the book of it that I cannot, and it's crucial to the story. Um, I can't, but I could never imagine that scene ever being able to be filmed. And even in a, even in a subversive way, not a literal way, I don't even know how they could make the implication of what that scene is in the book. Jesus. On film. Uh, there, there, <laughs> And again, it would be a major spoiler for you if I said it. Uh, you would know it when you read the book, though. Uh, you you would know. And, and actually, there would probably be plenty throughout that book that you'd be like, yeah, they could never film this. <laughs> but when you got to the actual part that I'm talking about, you'd be like, oh, this is what they were talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, so um, I'm I'm curious to see. I, I don't believe that a movie. I mean. A six-hour miniseries with Tim Curry starring as Pennywise did the book no justice. Mm -hmm. I can't see how this two-and-a-half or three-hour-long movie is going to come any closer. Oh, wow. Even with, like, the new modern special. I, I Don't get me wrong. I think this movie could be awesome, and, I'm, and I want to hope beyond hope that it's going to be awesome, but it's not going to be it. Like, hmm. I think you can only get that from the book. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, so, um, I'll consider yeah. that. Uh, though that seems like really good book club material. <laughs> and uh, yeah. of course, part of the reason I love the chronology of things is, is what I mentioned before about what I enjoy, uh, gleaning from people's, the, my perception of their, the evolution of their creative process and just realizing the kind of chronology of their, their career. I, I this is a bigger topic, but I, I try to figure out where that comes from. And it goes back to some of our early, earliest episodes and I almost get into it. I think for me, 
it might stem from the Universal Monster movies for, for, that I first encountered as a kid because there's a yeah. chronology there. And it, yeah. and it one builds up. That was the first time that in Star Wars that I watched something that then the next thing you would see was informed by what happened in the last piece. But it wasn't just like a TV show. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I, I, at some point I locked into that in a big, bad way and always just followed people's careers and have been very interested in the career. Because you're afraid alongside. of missing something like that. That's yeah. why I do it is like I I mean, I will admit. Dark Tower was my first was the first Stephen King. I had read other Stephen King. I read it back in 2003 while I was in my first marriage. I read the Tommyknockers around that time. I uh I read the first 3 Dark Tower books back. I still lived. I remember living in the house on Sunset in Ritman and oh, reading I the remember first that house very fondly. In in the in the first 3 dark tower books i read those books in that house oh like on paper yeah like in in paperback and uh so i mean i i had read other stephen king but it was dark tower that made me devour him Mm -hmm. um so um yeah i think i i think for me that a lot of it eventually got tied up with um the memories of those chronologies of stories but also when i began to to make things my own like uh make make um, stories and stuff of my own. Like it, uh, as a creative person, it interests me greatly the idea of how people's evolution as a creative person evo- and, and how the events in their life and the cumulative effect of their work. Like you can see things coming, like, like in terms of like it, 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 when you step back from it, like oh, I see how they got from this to this, right. especially in right. that time span. And I, uh, and I think as someone who's trying to like develop those things in their own life and, and, and our artistic endeavors, like you kind of, you're like, there's a, there's a mold of sorts like, Oh, I see. Yeah. So, and so like they use this or they leverage this, that they saw what was working about this or what wasn't working about this and found a way forward. I think a lot of that is interesting to me. Yeah. No. To track. All so of- that's why I hesitate to step out of chronology sometimes. But I will for some of these movies because it got to. <laughs> I just hate, I just hate missing. Like I feel like there's inside jokes and connections that get made from one to the next. You know, like oh, that's definitely true. Yeah, with certain you, people, you wouldn't you wouldn't jump into epi- to like season three of Lost and that's where you would start. You know what I mean? Like it would like you yeah. would not get a very worthwhile experience from that. And I'm only using Lost because I use that like I brought, I brought that's that a, up that's earlier. A good example. I'm trying to think like what season three was and stuff. <clears throat> that's what's interesting about. books and storytelling the way that that they've evolved certainly post like tarantino i guess uh and pulp fiction where that is the way novels work a lot of times where things can jump around and like you know you get things uh out of order but they make sense in the way that they're revealed and sometimes are more satisfying in that regard like the last jedi trailer where you get luke skywalker saying he's standing there like captain kurtz in the in the in the in the silhouette and rather than, yep. in, uh, you know, if it were the uh, documentary about apocalypse, now you get Marlon Brando <laughs> pontificating. And then suddenly he's like in that same tableau of like a guy, uh, a, a mythic guy silhouetted in, in a, in a, in a stone doorway. He's like, I can't think of any more dialogue today. <laughs> and then that's just it <laughs> but in the movie it's something profound but like in the last jedi like we we see that we hear luke skywalker saying like 
what is he fuck what i keep forgetting what it actually is like the jedi have to end right end yeah but that might just be in the in the chronology of the way the story unfolds him filling us in and how we get to the present you know like you right. don't know so it's it's, it's right. very exciting how all that can can work and unfold in uh, in books and in movies and it's uh, i'm glad to have this vehicle to to think about it extra hard <laughs> the last the last argument i will make for you sticking to the chronology with stephen king is also because he is a universe builder, uh, the Dead Zone, for example, takes place in a small town in Maine, like most of his books do. A lot of his books do. I should not say most. A lot of his books do. Uh, called Castle Rock, mm. which I believe does not exist. Oh. Um, do you however. Think, does that have a relationship to the production company, Castle Rock? That's Stephen King's production company, <gasps> Castle Rock Entertainment. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! That was involved in like some TV shows that you wouldn't think Stephen King to like maybe Seinfeld. Am I crazy? Maybe I don't know. Whoa. Um, but I can just I'm tell you, really I, wrong, I, 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 I can just tell you that Castle Rock is a. There are three that I know of novels of his that take place in Castle Rock, and character they are allusions to the history of the town of castle rock that he refers back this is why you like this is why the dark tower is so because everything ties to the dark tower like there are every stephen king book has a reference to the dark tower in some way even the dead zone i caught a dead zone connection today that blew my fucking mind oh So, because I know, I goddamn know he did not, he didn't consciously know that this connection existed when he wrote The Dead Zone, but it is fucking there, and uh, (laughs) blew my mind. Anyways. I love that conviction, that really, (laughs) So um, there, like with Castle Rock, so the three novels, this isn't going to be any spoilers. The three novels that I know of that take place in Castle Rock that I can think of off the top of my head are The Dead Zone, mm-hmm. has references to Castle Rock, and then uh, Cujo. Oh. Take, like the sheriffs of Castle Rock uh, uh, happen in Cujo, and then Needful Things takes place in the city proper of Castle Rock. All right. And so, like, the sheriff in Needful Things is like a deputy in Cujo or or the Dead Zone. Oh, like that's he, fun. Like, you like, know what I, like, like in the Nolanverse, kind of, how Commissioner Gordon, you know, starts as a beat cop, and that's yep. great. <laughs> and so, like, you have references, like, in, the, in Needful Things, they talk about the horrific thing that happened in Cujo. And there's oh. allusions to... Uh, a, a, um, a character in the dead zone that happens in Needful Things. You wouldn't get any of those connections had you not read the dead zone or Cujo. Like, and I did read those in order and I still had to go back and be like, what the hell are they talking about in Needful Things? And then they make that connection and I'm like, oh, that's fucking right. Yeah. And so, um, so that is a good, it's a good argument for a chronology because he, he will revisit places characters timelines events from his previous books there uh 
This, I don't, you'll forget this by the time you get to it. <laughs> uh, so there is a scene in the Tommyknockers where the main character is trying to get to a water source so that he can contaminate it. All right. And he decides that he's going to go to Derry because he had he had heard memories of this giant water source in Derry. And Derry is where it takes place, which is also another fictional town. And so when this character gets to this water source, it actually got destroyed in the events of it. But the memory that he heard about it was before it got destroyed. So by the time he gets to this thing where he's expecting this this water tower to be, there's just a plaque that commemorates the like the destruction of the water tower by the main characters in it. That's like a decade and a half later. And it's like, like the lose, like in, in memorial to the, the standpipe that used to be here, which was the water tower, uh, the storm of 1984, uh, donated by the losers club. And that's the name of the group of friends in it is the losers. Oh, wow. And so, like, there are, like, two stories that, like, have nothing to do with each other. Like, nothing at all being connected by that universe. It's, like, um, that shit. Those little types of connections. It's just like Quentin Tarantino, like, watching his movies. Uh, Everybody Smokes Apple Jacks. Um, uh, It has been confirmed that all of his movies take place in the same universe. Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, yeah, and like the Kevin um, Smith movies, the in the in that kind of uh, viewers universe as they call it, or yep, or John yep. Hughes movies. I'm telling yep. you that by the John Hughes and the Steve King, I wonder. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I, dude. Don't um, you forget about me. <laughs> we haven't don't, finished don't, getting don't it on go. yet. <laughs> We're still getting it on down here. No, yeah. Dad, fuck you. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. But what's interesting, too, though, is like I think you could encounter those books at different timelines and just the references would hit you in different ways. That's the great thing about That's how it that hit me because I did not, uh, like a lot of these stories, I read the Tommyknockers and it almost back to back. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got that connection really quick. That was awesome. But then I'm reading, you know, because I hear connections, the more obvious connections to Dark Tower stuff, I would read some of those. And it was finally after I was like so far in, I was like, fuck it. I just should read all of Stephen King because they're all connected uh. in some way. And that's what led to the chronology. And uh, I'm so glad I did it, man. Like, I have all the next audiobooks like ready to go. I just haven't put them on my iPod yet. Uh, I'm so the- that's interesting. You have a dedicated iPod separate from your phone that's just filled with the books. That's just filled with my iTunes library. Huh. Um, but I, I was telling Ash, it's to the point now between streaming services, you really, do, there's no need to have physical copies of anything. I'm going to stop you right there. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) That is crazy talk. I know. I know. I'm enjoying having physical copies of things more and more every day. I I understand (laughs) what you're saying. And I think part of that is because the world is trying to move us away from physical copies of things. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I I do understand, but the... 
yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. But for me, it's, it's. No, it I totally get what you're me. saying, though. Like, I know, I, I understand, but like, I haven't owned one of these Stephen King books, and I have a desire to, like, when you mentioned getting the physical copies, like the period relevant physical copies of those books, I was like, that really speaks to me for some reason. I don't know, but, it, and I think it's because it's it's a lot easier there's a couple things like it's a lot easier to control consumption if there's not any physical things going on and as far as like controlling the money you're going to make from the consumption of that right so if there is no if there is no physical book where i can read the book and then let you borrow the book right if that book never existed physically, it was only digitally. There's no way I can legally share that book with you, right? Oh, that's interesting. Because I've, yeah. I've only paid for me to read it. They mm -hmm. can't control, though, if I buy a physical book, they can't control me just giving you that book. That's like, funny you no say that because in one of the interviews or one of the stand, I don't know what to call them, like the talks that Stephen King gave that I that are on YouTube that I watched yesterday, listened to. He he uh, he shouted at some point. He's like, you know, buy the books, buy my books, and give them to your friends. That's his yeah, thing. yeah, and uh, which is great, right? I'm just saying, like, as a collective, it's much easier to control that if it's only digital. Like, if you can only get it from iTunes, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I can't buy something from iTunes and then give it to you, right? I could, yeah. I could gift uh, it if I bought it again. I could, right? I, well, I know how. <laughs> and well, I don't know much, but but yeah, legally it's not correct. Uh, correct legally, right? yeah. Let's say I legal, even found right? the uh, uh, I there's a couple of books that I really like that I got through Audible, and Audible says like you own you own it, you have it forever. Even if you cancel your Audible subscription, yeah. you can still use the uh, but you have to use the Audible account. That's right. That is the rub. Yep. And that That's was why I was rub. like, fuck this, I can't. Like I, yep. that's how I got it through the library. <laughs> so I got two, you got I it. got the graveyard and the, and so Blood there you in, go. In you just bedroom, proved right? my point on that end of it. Yeah. And then the other you end of it have is the physical to make that happen. Right. The other end of it is if it, if it stays digital, you can control, you can actually control what that content is. If it, if it, if it only ever stays digital, like imagine if Steve, if George Lucas, if we could only get the original star Wars trilogy via, digital means we would not we wouldn't be able to say no you changed this movie because here's this copy that i had yeah. from 1984 that proves that this is not i mean that that what you just put out it wasn't hayden christensen as the ghost for in return of the jedi like right. it was the big it was the, it was the, the fat white dude that's yeah. in the suit the old guy of anakin yeah that was in there um, so if it's and only digital walk song, not for nothing, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but if it's only digital and then you're controlling how they're getting those digital, those digital copies, you could make it, you could change it 17 times. And, and the person who downloaded it three months from now, and it's on that version 17 doesn't know that there were 17 versions before that. They just know they bought it at this moment and this is what they got. Yeah. I'm not, I know I made a big show of it. I, I'm not saying necessarily one is better than the other, but it, uh, I definitely, I, I think both of those are terrible. Those scenarios that I just laid out, those are terrifying to me. 
Oh, like those, really? How so? What do you, you know, mean? Terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Both like, of them. <laughs> um, I think that like one of the reasons I disagree with, with George Lucas is that if you're going to create art, yes, you are the creator. You made it. But when you share it with an audience, regardless of what you think, it becomes part of theirs too. Oh, like absolutely. Theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, you as the creator, it's not that you have the ability to change it in the future any way you see fit. It's your responsibility that once you've shared it with an audience and have gained an audience, it's your responsibility to protect that for them. That's what your responsibility is. Oh, you know what's a great example of someone protecting things for their audience? It's Gene Wilder. He hid his... Really? I heard he hid his illness uh, and the decline oh, yeah. of his life to sort of yes. preserve the memory of him he did not from, want people to remember him as all be having alzheimer's and being for sick. He wanted, like kids who love willie and come to yep. love willie wonka yep isn't that yes something that is the epitome of a responsibility of an artist like i yes he he created willie that willie wonka character but he took it upon himself to not let his illness taint that like and i'm not saying like i'm not saying i necessarily agree or disagree with that but that is very humbling i don't care what your viewpoints are like as far as like honesty or not or whatever like that's very humbling that he chose to protect that because he didn't want to taint it yeah I, I, that's nice I, oh, there's a uh, when the, with the tinkering of things just a quick little anecdote i wish i could remember the artists but i can't uh as a, established on this um podcast i'm a, a huge fan of the exorcist film um and, and book honestly the 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 book in the film are are in extra i mean the one is the other to me um though it might not have otherwise been so someday we need to do an exorcist show because i got a lot to say about it and i can no, I'm give a fair. lot of context I'm down on that maybe in the fall or something but uh um i'm trying to i would actually the- like to do uh, while you're thinking of that i would like to do uh, a comparison of the because you said the original like not the version you've never seen but yeah, the original that's is my a perfect film yeah. what's interesting about it versus and, the like version you've never seen I would like to do a comparison of those oh like, sure devote yeah. an episode like to comparing those oh, two things I and, fucking love it so I, I won't get into it here then I guess the the and I wasn't going to detail the whole thing but the 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 main gist of it is that you know it literally the film even still like it like it bears the the moniker like William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist, like that's right. the fucking title, like really, right? Like, um, and uh, Coppola would do that, make di- the distinctions in his films that were adaptations of novels. He would call them such and such as John Grisham's right. The Rainmaker, right. you know. Um, right. To to <laughs> anyway, but um, so uh, Blatty and and Friedkin were they collaborated a lot on it, and like Blatty had written a screenplay that was very different from the the construction of the novel and then freaking brought him back to it. And they made this incredible movie and, um, purportedly the, uh, the cut that freaking showed Blatty, he felt was this masterpiece. He decided to, to change. Uh, I don't know if it's the last minute or whatever. He cut out certain things and that's the version that came out in theaters. And that had a few things that Blatty felt were really essential to what, he felt the story commu- was meant to communicate, etc. 
So he petitioned him for years, like when they would see each other, it's like, we got to put out this version that you showed me on the Moviola back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Which incidentally, a Moviola, if you can picture it, I've edited on, it's fucking difficult. It's like, <laughs> it's like that microscope you held up, but if no, part I know of it was a little, about. It's a little like screen. A, it's like a viewfinder. Like view yeah, and you have these like the little reels of film on either side and you crank it and you move it and then you and mark it. And it plays through that it. little thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in any event, so that's the version that Blatty wanted. And, and but in as my favorite edition of The Exorcist on DV, I mean, there's beautiful Blu-ray now. But 1998, um, Mark Ooh. Commode, col- yeah, <laughs> collaborated with them on this one that that had a kind of a cleaned-up version of of the initial release. But there's this discussion, and there's deleted scenes, and this amazing documentary about it. But uh, there's a discussion where, cause, but they didn't re- they didn't make a new version for the DVD. There, but they have this debate about the cut scenes, and uh, Friedkin tells this story that I th- that uh, I wish I remembered the, uh, the artist. It would make it much better. But it, he he relayed this story about an artist breaking into a museum to try to fix one of his paintings, at least fix it in his regard. And so, yeah. but to the, to the security staff of the museum, like he's just a vandal. So they come Absolutely. and arrest him. He's yeah. like, I'm the, I'm the artist. I'm just trying to, and they're like, no, 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 dude. <laughs> like that's yep. over. That's done. It's up yep. there for everyone else now. And he's like, that's how I see the exorcist. And, um, yep. I think that yeah. is, I think that's so poignant that i i mean uh we talked we've talked about it on this episode we talked about it on a couple episodes ago but i see that uh, just as another example is stanley kubrick removing clockwork orange from distribution in great britain he protected that film it had already been given to audiences and rather than change the film to cater to critics I know it. I I know with Stanley Kubrick, it's probably more of his hubris. That's why he pulled it. But I like to think there's a piece of that where it's like, no, I already gave them this film, and they already like this film. I'm not going to change it because then it won't be the film that they like anymore. If I changed it, you know, I'm going to oh, protect this. Yeah, you know, like I. So he pulled it off to protect that version of the film so that it could be preserved. You yeah. know? And I think that. What's funny is, is George Lucas himself all like pretty much made this same argument when he testified against Congress, against the colorization of black and white films. Oh my God. What? Against Ted Turner, basically. I didn't know he did that. That's so ironic. uh, He, yeah, he (laughs) testified. uh, This was right around the time that uh, Turner was trying to colorize things like uh, films like Casablanca. Yeah. And, oh, I remember uh, seeing those. They, they look yeah. fucked up. <laughs> like, oh yeah. They're, they're terrible. Good. And uh, so there was a big, like it made it to congressional hearings. Like, should we, like, should they be, able, should a um, media company be able to go outside of the realm of the director, the producer, the studio, blah, blah, blah. Because this was like Time Warner wanting to yeah. uh, colorize these, right? Uh, AMC, I think, because they wanted them to air on AMC. You might, or it might be TNT. I th- yeah, or then TNT or one of those. Turner Classic. But, but it was yeah. like, yeah, Turner Classic Movies is what yeah. it ended up like becoming. But I, I do remember that stuff, yeah. Um, but they, uh, 
but it ended up making it to Congress to like, is this something that a network should be able to do? And George Lucas testified against Turner, <laughs> like because they should be in, preserve the integrity of these films. That's one of the major ironies of the the constant edits that he does to the original trilogy is yeah. that you're you're basically colorizing uh, <laughs> the original trilogy yeah. if you think about it, you know, and uh it's interesting um, the way that works because it is definitely a do as I say not as I do because it's hard as someone who yeah. creates something to imagine uh I don't know if that's fair. But the experience of creating things and sharing them with people is very different from that of being an appreciator yourself. I've noticed that from following the careers of other people who've gone through periods in their career. Like last episode, I talked about uh, Kevin Smith's appearance on The Fighter and the Kid, where he talks about the different sort of eras of his career. And I've definitely been dealing with certain uh, creative and identity issues of that regard myself. And uh, it's interesting, I feel that when you are confronted with crossroads and the way that your own creative expression and publicly are uh, appreciated or not, or sort of, you know, that thing where you lose it, like you put it out and it's no longer yours anymore. That's an example. Like for me, that's not been a problem. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but, but I have different problems. But what, what I found is that when the, the, the common thread of these artist types in that there's this separation between that, this, this thing where you're a part of it, and then the the era prior when you were just a fan. Right. The, and and like you tend to revert back to that. And I've noticed right. that and I've embraced it in, in, in a way that's very freeing and fun where it's like, yeah, my favorite shit is Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bruce Lee and like this and like that stuff yep. that whole I have a such a personal ownership of that that's tied in no way to trying to f- seem cool <laughs> or any yep. you know what I mean? Like it's it comes from Do that You know what I watched place. what I watched last night while I was making dinner because I happened to be on Reddit and I scrolled across, somebody put together a super mix. It's like four and a half hours long of original Looney Tunes cartoons. Whoa. And that like, it brought tears to my eyes, you know, like, so like I watched that, like in the, the, like these are cartoons, these cartoons outdated my parents almost, you know, like, but I remember a distinct period of my life where I would get up at six in the morning and those would those original Looney Tunes cartoons would air every morning. It was like six o'clock. There would be Mr. Wizard on Nickelodeon. And then at like 630 on like TNT or TBS or one of those channels, like when I was a kid, would do an hour of Looney Tunes cartoons. And they would show all of those like old Looney Tunes cartoons. And so those became a really pivotal part of my childhood. And so then to just like run across that. This like super mix, this four and a half hour long thing of YouTube of of Looney Tunes cartoons like made a huge difference. But those are those are a part of me. You know what I mean? Like it's the same oh, yeah. thing with J C V D. Like that's that's a piece of you. So it doesn't matter. And I think that's part of like being a grown up. Like you get you gain confidence in your likes. You know, like that's right. The, this is a very weird pull, but in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that movie with Brad Pitt and Angelina yeah. Jolie, there's a moment towards the end where they've both found out that each other are spies and stuff, and yeah. they're shooting people left and right, and it's this like farce. But 
a carpenter song comes on the radio <laughs> and he turns it up and she looks at him like, what the fuck? Like earlier when I was talking about like in the uh, chain smokers or something and she looks yeah. at him like, what are you, fu- what? <laughs> and he's, he looks over, he's like, I like it. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Like, that's just what it is, you know? Um, yeah. But there's certain things that, that are kind of like you're protective of because they predate a certain self-awareness. And so that's why I think George Lucas can go out there and be like, you can't change these black and white films because they are precious. But I can change my films however I want because they are my films. But, you know, there's right. this weird like. Right. But uh, they're not yours, George. They're ours. Yeah, right. They're ours now. I know. And you that's know, why like, the Jedi must die. Yeah. <laughs> or they must they must end rather. Long oh, walk, short not. drink, episode twenty, folks. Fuck Thanks for yeah. listening. Thank you for Jesus. sticking with us. This was Ooh. this was really nice. Make sure you're getting your copy of uh, the Dead Zone. It can be yeah. the time, uh, the like release date specific version. It could be the shitty audiobook version that I shared with Dave, uh, which apparently doesn't exist anywhere. Somehow yeah, I have it. Like though. a torrent, you got it somehow. At some yeah, point but time, I maybe? think it's a I think it's a cassette, cassette copy yeah. of. I haven't started um, it. I'm holding out for Franco reading it because I, I just watched. I did not know it was hours. James Franco reading that. Like I'm gonna need to get it. That wasn't like, common knowledge when I first tried to find it. Maybe like three weeks ago. Um. So get the dead zone by any means necessary. I'm any gonna, means, <laughs> yes, yeah. God. God damn, any means necessary. Just start reading. uh, Don't start reading it yet. Just get a copy of it and wait until we start assigning you what to read. I'll read you the first paragraph of the of the of the book jacket from the book club edition. I have a book club edition. Isn't that fun? That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of contention that comes up about those book club editions for those books, and essentially, they are they are well. There's book club. There's like the Reader's Digest book club, mm-hmm. right? And those typically would abridge books. Oh, to get, you oh, know, no. These are Stephen King book club. So a lot of people are like, oh, I found these book club editions of his books and I didn't get it. Oh. And then other people will comment back and be like, no, you should have. Those are like really rare and they're good to get because oh, wow. he wouldn't abridge them. Wow. They were Stephen King book clubs. That's and so, right. like the, yeah. the commercials we found online, where yeah. you, you could, yeah. oh, that's cool. Yeah, and they're and they're and actually kind of replicas of the period accurate. Uh, yeah, cover they uh, they said the difference. The only difference that might happen is they might be a little smaller in size than the, like the but oh, like that what, makes perfect sense from what I'm holding. But what I you're can, holding up though, that looks like a full size hardcover. I mean, yeah, book, it's full right? size. It's not like paperback size, but it's not quite as big as as a lot of. Uh, his books. Yeah, or, or just like tall, you know? Oh, okay. I can uh, see. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. It's, I did the Owen Wilson because this one that's it's inscribed. This is for Owen. I love you, old bear. Aww. But I'm just gonna read the first the first just the tease because we gotta we'll eventually get to it. I'll read it as my ideal narrator. <laughs> okay. Johnny Smith is an ordinary young man with an engaging grin. Town for teaching. And a new girl. He takes Sarah to the carnival. Life looks very good. But his bizarre run of luck on the Wheel of Fortune. Is it really a blessing? That's all for now. But the, oh, I, I have seen 
I hope there is so much Chris Walken in the like Dead Zone Book Club. So much Chris Walken. We should have a fifth episode on the Dead Zone though, where we talk about the movie. Oh, oh, fuck yeah! Like the yeah. film adaptation. So like yes. we'll do four on the book. Yes, and then when the fifth great one will be the film. actually, you know, because yeah. we do the chunks, and then you're able to reevaluate the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I as can't the wait. like the film adaptation, and we'll compare the whole book to, to the whole film in the fifth yeah. episode. And there's some such, I mean, like early in the Stephen King canon, there's such great. Stuff. I mean, there's like Brian De Palma and Carrie. I know the Dead yeah. Zone is like Cronenberg. Like, there's yep. some really great pairings yep. of. Oh man, I wish that stand George Romero thing had happened back in the day. Yeah. But, um. Oh, I just a super quick side note to encourage you to seek out those uh, the lectures. He tells where Cujo comes from. I don't know if you knew that already, but he's like, this this is this encounter I had in real life because he was talking about where some of the ideas came from. Like I said yeah. earlier about Carrie. Does he, he talk about how Cujo he didn't remember from. writing it though? No, he, he didn't mention so that there, but of course that's oh. in uh, on writing and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to be starting this up. I'm going to hold off on beginning that until you give me my uh, marching orders and I yeah. can listen to James Franco read it. Um, so not the next recording session, but the recording session after that is when I'll start. Okay. That. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for sticking with us all this time. Um, yeah, absolutely, thank you, you guys. Jesus. For staying up late. I know I know it's late there, but it's been loads of fun. Oh, um, it's 12.26 here. <laughs> I know. You got to so get up late. so early. So late. Um, yeah. And like there there was a point where I looked and I was like, oh, it's 10 o'clock and we're almost done. Like this I awesome. know. Yeah. We're never done. <laughs> yeah, we're nowhere near. Uh, another great episode, Dave. I want to wish you the best of luck in your surgery. Oh, thank um, you. It's nothing serious, uh, uh, folks. So hope. Hopefully, Moto will cut out when I couldn't breathe and stuff. That's unrelated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't cut that out, Moto. That's just like good. Well, breathe. no, fix my a... quote though. Make sure my Bruce Lee thing flows. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that that's true. Like, what? Uh, because you did nail like you nailed that Bruce Lee. Oh, like, I thank hear you. hear him saying that. Yeah, that I got I spent a lot of time with the man and I'm spending more and more. So, that's my digs. Go out, Bruce Lee podcast. Look up yep. the Jimmy Jarista or just fucking build shit. Build <laughs> um, shit. Get the uh, dead $9, $9 microscope sperm test. Yeah. Fucking just test Amazon. your jizz out at home. <laughs> you can do it. You can do anything as we learned on this episode. Just, yep. Because you're the fucking adult. <laughs> yes. And if you're not an adult yet, you will be soon. And then you can do whatever the fuck you want. And then you All realize right? the adults don't know any more than you did then. Not so. a thing more. We actually know less. I feel like I knew less than I did as a kid sometimes. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely um, feel that way too. Well, we're gonna we're gonna sign off, but we're gonna watch a bad lip reading video together off yeah. air just for shits and giggles. Uh, uh, we should this should be our sh- teaser for sh- this episode. What's the, the, the we'll send a link to the Force Awakens bad lip reading, oh, yeah. and then they'll have to listen for four hours before <laughs> we, even, we don't get to it. And all we say is. And we're going to sign off and then watch this. Uh, what was the, I was going to say like just for shits and giggles with that. Oh, Shinola. That's yeah. Shit, <laughs> I have to look Shinola. that up. Let me look that up real quick. Fuck that. That's Shinola. ours. <laughs> That's going to be the title. Cause what do you call this episode? If not that. Jizz under a microscope. <laughs> he doesn't know shit from Shinola. That's the way. The, so shit from Shinola. So the uh, oh. etymology is this. It's a colloquial colloquialism. I'm sorry, I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, which dates back to the early 1940s in the United States. Sometimes ended with, "That's why your shoes don't shine." Shinola was a popular brand of huh. shoe polish, which has a color and texture not unlike feces. Oh, 
gross. <laughs> oh my. It sounds I, like I a guess Stephen it, King I guess the, so the synonym that they give is they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Uh which <laughs> I, I I guess in the way that we're saying it it's still really funny because it's like we hand Moto shit and he gives us Shinola. Shinola. So it's still shit. <laughs> Well, you can't polish a turd. Everyone notices, knows that. Oh God, you cannot polish a turd. But he does. Uh, he does make us sound better. He does. He does a great <laughs> job of polishing the turds we and give him. That's for he, sure. And can you imagine him on the fourth hour? He's like, oh. He's like, motherfuckers, you used to get two hour episodes and you were like, this is too long. And now we're doubling that. I know. The last time that was four hours, I cut out all the stuff we were talking to him. So, Moto, now you're hearing how how we do think of you. We just get carried away. Yeah. Well, love you, buddy. Thank you for your help. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Um, So, let's stop the recording so we stop talking and then we'll watch the thing. All right. So, So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, This was Long Walk Short Drink number 20. And 20, we'll, uh, two zero. Jesus, we'll, twenty. That's awesome. Yeah. As soon as We're we hit, great. when we hit thirty, that's that's the most we've ever done. That that supersedes Palmer's picks. So that's gonna oh, be a big one. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have a celebration that episode. Yeah, great. hell yeah, awesome. All, All right. right, cheers everybody. Uh, so, yep. <laughs> Adios. Cheers. like a dick (laughs) (laughs) you take your damn podcast and suck a dick i'm not i'm out of here